You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello everyone and welcome to Trophy Hordes. This is episode 498, two away from episode 500. And we're bringing up uh, quite a bit of a lineup change here. Uh, they had their first appearance on the show together a few weeks ago, maybe maybe last month. We got them back this week. Joining me this week, it is Levi and Mark Duplex. How you doing, folks? Hi. I, say, I, I introduce you both at the same time, so I mean, whoever wants to go first can go first there. Both got at the same time, like a double act at this point. How you guys been since the last time we... uh... Everybody thought thought we would hate each other, and we wound up becoming the the best friends. (laughs) Sometimes that happens. I don't know if it's necessarily a situation of opposites attracting, but, you know, sometimes you peg people as mortal enemies, and they they find some common ground. They're like, hey, this person's not so bad. Well, that's the thing. It's not opposites. The more we got to talking about games, the more we realized we were in lockstep on about everything. So Pretty much. I mean... Hey, in some ways, games can divide people. You know, some people like to get into the the fanboy wars, but in other cases, people realize that hey, I like this game, you like this game, let's chat about this game, and then you know, recommend other games to each other. Absolutely, but yeah, we're we're just glad to be on here. Definitely. And to be fair, if you have Mark in your ear when it comes to buying new games, Mark has been buying a lot of games lately, playing a lot of games. So he's a good person to recommend games, didn't you, Mark? Didn't you say on the uh, Facebook page the other day that your your wife wanted to renegotiate the deal for buying you games? She does. She does. She's figured out. She's also found trophy difficulties now. So she's been looking at what are the more difficult trophies because the original deal was if I platinum a game, she buys me a new game. But she's realised that I'm just platinum too many games. So she's looking. She's got me playing Dark Souls at the moment. And how's that going for you? I mean, jumping the gun a little bit here, but I mean, if you if you dangle uh, Dark Souls out there in yeah. front of people, they they definitely want to hear how your experience is going. See, I like Dark Souls. Dark Souls reminds me of what Castlevania should be now. I love the setting, I love the lore, I love the combat, I love the difficult. Uh, it, it's a brilliant game. Um, the other day, I posted in the Facebook group because I just got to um, Ornstein and Smau. And I was stuck for a whole day fighting them over and over and over again. Um, but the game's amazing. I've got the remastered PlayStation 4 one, but yeah, it's a brilliant game. See, here's my thing about those games. And, you know, you were going back and forth with Sid a little bit. And not really, you were having a discussion with Sid. Back and forth not really the word I should have used there. But you guys were talking about the, uh, the From Software games and Bloodborne came up. And I, I'm surprised that Sid has not beaten Bloodborne because, you know, I hold Sid in high regard when it comes to games. Very skilled, very talented, and if I can platinum Bloodborne and beat the Old Hunters DLC, then I figure most people can. But um, it, it's one of those games that, like, are all from software games the same, where you have to grind the entire way through your adventure in order to be strong enough to fight the bosses? Because I know the two bosses, the two of the famous bosses from Dark Souls, uh, were, who are they? Um... The smaller guy and the bigger guy. What's the tandem? Yeah, that that that's Ornstein and Smau. It's it, they're all pretty much the same sort of games. Like I've got the platinum in 
for some reason I played Dark Souls 3 first. So I've got the Platinum in Dark Souls 3. I've got the Platinum in Bloodborne as well. But Dark Souls 1 is just another level. Because the game's so easy at, up until those two bosses. So you hit them two bosses and then it's just... It, it's near impossible. Oh, it was nearly impossible for me. But you are right. Ultimately, all you have to do is spend hours and hours and hours collecting the souls to level up. And then it becomes a lot easier. Because, well, the, the one thing about that particular boss fight is you can, yes, when you take out one, you only have one more to deal with, but that other one compensates and gets much, much stronger. Yeah, it becomes super powered. So then I think to get the platinum as well, you have to do um, two playthroughs. So you have to kill the, the, the boss you didn't kill on your first run. You have to kill a different one on your second run to be able to get the platinum as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I you know after playing Bloodborne, there are a lot of things I enjoyed about Bloodborne, and I I don't want to retrace my steps because I've talked about this before. But as much as I love the atmosphere and the setting and the monsters, did look really cool. They had some cool bosses in there. I just I just don't appreciate the grinding. Like that's that's not a fun game mechanic to me when you're swapping in just pure skill for you're no matter how good you are, you're not good enough or strong enough to beat this creature by grinding through everything. So that's just one thing that. I can appreciate how hard the games are and challenging they are, but they're kind of the, the kind of hard they are is kind of cheap because it's not like you're, you, like I said, you're no matter how skilled you are, you just can't do some of that stuff from the start. Yeah, it's it's a way. It was a weird time in gaming because at one point the games were going in a way of holding your hand, and there was a quest marker pointing you to where to go, and a tutorial, and then you'd be guided from area to area. With Dark Souls, it just kind of drops you in. And leaves you to, to do whatever you want to do. It was it was quite a remarkable game at the time. And from some software, I've just gone from strength to strength with that that sort of model for gaming. But I'm I'm enjoying it at the moment. I've not found it too hard. A bit frustrating, but it's it's good fun. But I mean, you got past the you know Ornstein and Smog, so you should be able to go the rest of the way, correct? Yeah. Um, are you are you definitely going to try to platinum this? I'm going to try and platinum it, but I'm going to finish my first run probably tomorrow. But then my my copy of Alan Wake should be delivered tomorrow. Oh, that's right! In two days, it's Alan yeah. Wake day. Well, mine's coming early because I got the dispatch note, so it should have come on Saturday. So it's actually sat at my regional sort of post office now. So I should I'll get mine tomorrow. See, that's actually one thing we talked about on Rocket League Thursday is if you want me to pre-order a game, the probably the best thing they can do for a game pre-orders to entice people, pre-releases. Let people who pre-order the game play the game early. Yeah, I agree. That'd be, you, instead of this other stuff like, you know, soundtrack and skins and in-game currency, like, let me play the game early. Because I'm sure that Levi would love to pre-order Alan Wake and get to play it a week or so ahead of time. Oh, oh yeah. Levi, are you, are you getting Alan Wake... When it comes out on Tuesday? I pre-ordered it right after the announcement. I was probably the first person in the world <laughs> to pre-order Alan Wake. But I pre-ordered the damn thing through Target.com, and I've got a notification that they're going to ship it out like the day after release, and I'm going to get it like the next week on the 11th. So I'll be playing it a, probably a week after Mark here. That stings, but I mean, you have—I mean, you have played through Alan Wake before, so it's—it's it's just going to be a refresher for you. Where Mark, have you played Alan Wake before? Yeah, I've played it. I played it. I, don't, okay. I, I think I finished the story, but I didn't get all the collectibles and anything like that. So I'm, I'm going to really go. I'll get the platinum in this time. And folks, joining us, surprise—we have a surprise guest on the show. Tricky's back. I'm a guest now. Yes. Well, 
And we didn't expect to have you on this week. We weren't sure. So, and and to the listeners, you weren't on at the beginning. So, I'm sure this is a surprise for them. A nice surprise because I'm sure people want to hear your voice after a couple weeks of not being on. So yeah, I mean, I I am probably going to be a little bit later to play Alan Wake because I still have to finish the game that I've currently been playing, um, which I know Mark has already platinumed. And uh, lucky for Mark, he jumped in early enough where he was able to. Uh, this is not throwing shade at you, Mark, but you were able to take advantage of an exploit that makes the Platinum Trophy in uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits quite a bit easier to obtain. Yeah. The, the, is that playing on the hard difficulty? <laughs> yeah, I saw the trophy difficulty, the estimated difficulty for using the exploit, which is an uh, estimated 2 out of 10, and then the difficulty for not using the exploit and playing on Master Difficulty as a 7 out of 10. I'm like, keep in mind, I'd still been very early in the game. I was like, how the hell is this game a 7 out of 10 to Platinum? And yeah. as I've gone on, I... Uh, I can certainly see why. You, but can, you can figure that out. Let me let, let's get to our updated trophy count here before we get too far into what we've been playing. Tricky is a level six twenty six with a total trophy count of fourteen thousand seven hundred seventy five with a platinum count of two hundred eighty two. Tricky, did you overtake Mister Daryl, President Daryl? I mean, are you asking? Why are you asking me a stupid question? Of course, I did. Well, I don't know what kind of slap fight you guys are having this week. I'm trying to figure out. He decided. At, at being the punk son of a bitch that he is, uh, <laughs> to to wish me a happy birthday and tell me that my birthday gift was him passing me in platinums, so I did what I had to do and I returned his shitty ass gift to the store and smacked him down and showed him who the real trophy platinum king is. Can I can I just add though before you you, you say trophy platinum king? I was on PlayStation profiles before this, and I was looking at the games. You got the you're the biggest trophy whore ever. Thank they're you. The, they're the worst Thank games you. I've ever I seen. I appreciate that. <laughs> they are the worst games. Okay, so if if you hadn't listened to the show recently, Tricky actually didn't want his actual. Trophy count read on the show. I think it might have been last week of the week. It was definitely the last week of the week before, but I can't remember it was which last week it was. Week. Because he was going to pop 20 Platinums and pass Daryl for uh, for the Platinums. So he was trying to play a little espionage there. And you you guys are going to fight forever. People, you know, chant at Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens fight forever. But you and Daryl, when it comes to Platinums, are going to fight forever. Because neither one of you wants to give up ground. See, what he doesn't understand about this, okay? And we have a war coming up. Okay, which aren't we supposed to have Daryl on sometime to pump we're, up? We're this supposed war? to have Daryl on uh, probably next week or the week after, but he kind of excuse the term blew his wad, popping all these platinums to try to beat me. What he doesn't know is that the twenty I just popped are like five percent of the platinums that I've been holding back for the war. So when I get my team together, I'm not announcing my team yet, but you know, you guys that are listening to this, you know who who you are. Uh, come Extra Life Day, which is we're doing a one-day war, uh, I would say by the end of Extra Life, I'm going to add anywhere from 50 to 75 Platinums to my list. Well, Mark, I, I agree with your comment, and the, <laughs> the reason... The reason be legit even came into existence... Is because of this. Is, is you had... You had... See... You see, Daryl, the backlog beatdown was Daryl and Tricky Mick's brainchild. And see, all the rest of just helpless, hapless fans had no idea what we were walking into. So they set up this rule system. And 
you know, point for this, two points, two points for the for the platinum. And me and and, and Yield and Homer and everybody else in the world, you know, James McCall, JT, you know, everybody. I, I can't name everybody on the list. You know, we're in here playing Skyrim, you know, and it's all this. And, and then day one of the contest, mm-hmm. Daryl comes in and he's like, plus eight. Tricky, plus nine. The next day, plus thirty. Then, then C.J. Anderson joins the group, and he's dropping like twenty freaking points a day. And and we're like, all right, guys, enough of this. Be legit. Was born. I can't. I can't help that you can't hang with the big boys. Yeah, you got me, brother. I can just say though, trick. I will just say though before you start talking. Sakura Swim Club Platinum doesn't make you a big boy. Hey. That's a quality game there, okay? Don't don't you uh knock the swim club. You got that twice as well. I, I actually got six. <laughs> I hit it in every region. Uh there's actually one uh I, you know, there's one game that I played. Uh you legit get the platinum in uh, my record's thirty two seconds. You Finish the game before half the trophies even popped. I just couldn't get I, I, Maybe I could. I don't know. Listen. There's this game they play where it's just a mayonnaise jar. Oh, yes. I, put, I, I, just, I, I have to. I have this game in like 10 minutes. See, put, there's, this, there's this other game where you just click a car. About five minutes. You just click a car for about five minutes. What game is that? Trophy. You, you got the plat. What game is that? Car clicker. Car clicker. Click, click the car or something like that. I'm I'm looking this up. Oh yeah, there's there's some jewels out there. Oh. Um Got no words. Car clicker PSN. Car demolition clicker. There it is. It's a it's a jewel. Oh, and it's forty five percent off right now. So what, there you go. Right, it's free then. <laughs> Well, I don't know because I don't know what store I'm in because it actually says it's 1.341 FT. <laughs> I don't even know what PlayStation store I'm in right now. Uh, Hong Kong? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. All right. So I'll give it. I'll be getting that platinum tonight. <laughs> You're such a disgrace. And, oh, you know what? Now I have to get it because the final line of the description, you will love the tools of destruction, but what you wear, boss boss fight can be tricky. <laughs> I guess when it comes to platinum trophies on this show, tricky is the final boss fight. Yes. I, listen, don't be hating that all of you, you, Yield, and even Donnie, for the longest time were giving me shit about not having... Bo- as many platinums as you guys has, and then one day I just went on a fucking kick and kicked all your asses, and now everybody's like, oh, "Yeah, but you get shitty platinums. A platinum is a platinum is a platinum. I don't give a fuck." No, 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 no. <laughs> platinums are worth different amounts. They're platinums. No, they're bring different not. respect a, based on the game. Uh, at at the end of the day, they all go into the same pile. They're all equal. A platinum is a platinum is a platinum, and you, if you don't like it, you can go to the swim club. Pile of shit. There are some. There are. There, hey, Alex you can join. Right. Be legit. Alex is right. There are some that are just a little bit a level above the other ones. No, listen. If somebody gets, say, the Vanquish Platinum, they have my respect. But at the end of the day, that Vanquish Platinum is the same as my Mayo Platinum. 
Nice. Yeah. Not, I mean, nice it's, not, yeah. it's not. I mean, may, maybe to Sony systems and their infrastructure, sure. By the numbers, yes, it's one to one. But in the eyes of anyone who knows games, no, it's not. No, it's uh, not. He's right. He's right. And do you know what's worse, Tricker? You play proper games as well. You can yes, find them proper games. You've got some good games on your list that you've done, and then secure a slim swim club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on the Ghost of Tsushima Platinum right now. Been there, done that. That'd be a good game. I'm also get. Uh, I you know because of this, uh, I ha- like okay for the listeners. Uh, I've been distracted. Uh, and I'm not a little spoiler. I'm not having any points for be legit this month, but I've been a little distracted. But I just realized today that the last time I posted a list for the B, uh, the backlog beatdown was two months ago. I still have two games to beat on that list, so I can't beat uh, Kenya or in the game it's called Kenna. Uh, Kina. Kina. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, I, I had been pronouncing it wrong this entire time, and then you start playing the game. It's like, oh, that's how you pronounce it. Uh so I can't beat that or Ghost yet. So, uh, I'm a little behind, but I got I got to catch up because uh, people start to catch me in the backlog beatdown, and I can't have that. So, all right, I'm sorry I distracted the show. No, you're you're fine. I I lost connection. Did we get past the the trophy list, or did we still? No, you just your you're moving on to yours, Alex. All right, I am level four forty nine with a trophy count of seven thousand five hundred seventy four, platinum count of one hundred seventeen and one hundred sixty games. 116 games. I yield to no one's at 457. Total traffic count of 7,777. He hit the jackpot, as he likes to say. With a platinum count of 136. Sid is level 518. Total traffic count of 10,514. With a platinum count of 180. Levi, sir. Your quest for your first platinum, sir. Hey, it is it is coming along. <sighs> now... While I do not have a platinum, if you look at my level versus last time, it has skyrocketed because I've been playing PS5 left, right, and center. So level 194, total trophy count 771, almost a plat. And then Mark, sir? Uh, level 480, um, total trophy count of 9357. I've got two more platinum since I was last on, so it's at 151 now. So I've got the platinum in Tales of Arise and Kenna Bridge of Spirits. All right, we're, we're going to move on to what we've been playing, but there's a big question that's been going around the, the, the trophy horse community. For the longest time, Levi said he was going to wait to buy a PlayStation 5, and then all of a sudden... KOTOR, News of KOTOR comes out. You got the Alan Wake Remastered Collection and Levi, boom, turns around and he's right there. He's buying a PlayStation 5. So Levi, you've had the chance to play the PlayStation 5. What are your thoughts on the system so far? Alex, you're right. There's there's some games that a man just can't wait for. And when you tell me that KOTOR is releasing next year as a remake, that's that's the end of it. The wait is over. Within four days of having that news, a PlayStation was in my hand. So we, I don't know how it, actually, honestly, I think Tricky might have something to do with this. He isn't, hasn't admitted it, but right after I announced I was looking for one and we looked for about a day, I get this conspicuous little email from Sony, from PlayStation. It's like, we're going to invite you to come buy a PlayStation tomorrow. At X amount of time. I signed in, took my time going through the checkout, bought a PlayStation. So, 
I was like, okay, well, well, great. So anyway, I got got the place, and I know it's it was easy for me. I know a lot of you guys. I'm not trying to rub it in. I know a lot of you've had a hell of a time finding the PS5. So I don't. I mean, no disrespect, but I was one of the fortunate ones. I was able to get one right away. And I will be honest, this console, it it is on the next level. This this is the new thing. Can you can you say it louder when, for the people in the back? Because I don't think they heard you. <laughs> when I sat down and put a, the the demo game um, Astro I sat down and I played that Astro and I felt all the crazy stuff that controller can do and just the the, the, the triggers and the, the haptic, the shifting of the controller I was like, good lord I mean, it sold me on the console entirely I fell in love um, I'm not going to say it's my favorite console of all time because nothing will ever top the Dreamcast. Just the the memories that it gave me. You know, the the Dreamcast is number one, but this right here has unquestionably skyrocketed number two. Visually, visually a PS5, graphically, visually, power-wise, it is every bit as powerful as the two thousand dollar gaming PC right beside me. Not a doubt in my mind. It is it is beautiful. It is it is fantastic. Um, what else was I going to say about this thing? It's the greatest console of all time. Fuck the Dreamcast. It's <laughs> it's it's not going to top the Dreamcast. Um. Oh, the the other thing I was going to compliment it on. We were talking a few weeks ago about the ten dollar upgrade and how nobody liked it. Me, I love it because I buy physical games. So games like The Last of Us Part Two or Death Stranding, I you know I have physical PS4 games that I bought well over a year ago, and now it's telling me that for ten bucks I can have a digital version of that game for PS5 that has all this haptic feedback and twice the visuals. I mean that's a that's a no-brainer to me. Now to to Mark's point, you know in a year from now. When it's just PS5 games releasing, that won't mean anything to me. But right now, with it being physical and these games I bought a year ago, getting to play them with this haptic feedback for ten bucks, it's a no-brainer. I love it. I think what gets lost on people, and you know, you think about PS5 games now, first-party games, they're going to cost seventy dollars. For the PS4 version of a game, you're paying sixty. So that ten-dollar charge is just like you bought the PS5 version of the game which you're actually getting when you do the upgrade. So, I mean, I, I get how when you first hear that, that it's like, oh, the upgrade, you know, some places do it for free. And, of course, Xbox is doing their smart delivery. So we've had, you know, the best in place so far, and then now you unfurl this $10 charge. Like, I understand how that's something that people might, you know, speak out against. But when you think about it, you're you're in the end, you're spending $70, which is exactly what you would spend for the PS5 version of the game. So you're really getting that raw of a deal. I mean, games cost money to make, and just because you can't get a free upgrade, I understand that it would be great to get a free upgrade, but the fact that they have to charge $10 extra, it's something I'm becoming, I'm not, I don't know if I was ever against it, but I'm, I'm definitely seeing more Sony signing it, because again, you're just paying $70 like you would have originally if you bought the PS5 version. And, and that way, you're getting two versions of the game instead of just one. Yeah, and, and like, like Trigger's saying, I mean, Death Stranding, for example because it's a long game and I didn't finish it. I'm a little over halfway now. 
but I played the first half of the game on PS4. You know, it's just one of those games I didn't get around to finishing, but planned to, and I am now finishing. You know, I'm glad I did, because I, I went from a physical copy for PS4, now I have a digital copy for PS5, and I get to play the second half of that game on a whole nother level. That, I mean, that's worth at least 10 bucks to me. So, I'm I'm loving it. That being said, even though I'm bragging left and right about Sony's console, I I have not jumped, you know, my everything I've been talking about the past year, you know, where I'm not extremely pleased with with Sony the way they're handling things. This this doesn't mean I'm a flip-flopper. Mm-hmm. I'm not some die-hard Sony guy. I still seriously question the way PlayStation is handling things right now. They have made a hell of a console. Uh, and another thing, if we're being honest, while I love this console, it is not going to be my primary gaming. Nothing, once you play PC, a person like me, the, I mean, there's no going back from that. And it's only because of the library. This PC beside me, I literally have access to 90% of every game that's ever been made since the 1980s. I've, I've got it all on there. Um, and me being a, a 90s guy playing ex- mostly games from the 90s and early 2000s and late 80s, that's indispensable. When when you have access to all those games at your fingertips, it's it's hard to let that go to switch to a PS4. I, and, and I'm not knocking it, but I'm sorry, a PS5. PS5 has, you know, a little bit of a PS5 library, you know, a decent PS4 library. It's got some PS now. The PS5 probably gives me access to... 10% of every game made in history. Um, the you know the 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 PC gives me access to probably 90%. So that's the only reason if if that PS5 if I could if that PS5 had access to all the games that my PC does, I would never pay $2000 for a PC again. I would I would play the PS5 which I actually enjoy playing more now because of the haptic feedback. So while I love it, it is not a thing that I can I can't say. Oh, I'm a console. I'm a PlayStation guy now. I'm exclusively consoles. While I love while I love the console, and I'm honest with that, it's it's not going to take over first place for me. All right. Uh I lost track. Uh Mark, did you say your trophies yet? Yeah. Okay. So well, we're through trophies and we're we're into uh, what we've been playing. All right, because I've. Uh, I haven't hosted in a couple weeks, so I'm a little rusty. All right, so I have not played anything all week. Uh, I tried playing a little uh, Bridge of Spirits today. I uh, didn't really get that far into it. Uh, I have not played anything else. Uh, I've been dealing with some issues, uh, as you guys saw on Facebook. So uh, that's all I've been playing. Alex, what about you, sir? Mostly, other than Rocket League Thursdays, as always. Again, if you want to join us on Thursdays for our, our Twitch streams of Rocket League, twitch.tv forward slash Proven Gamer. Come join us. Um, so, other than that, I've been focusing on Kena uh, Bridge of Spirits, which is the new game that I, I bought after finishing Fist, Forge, and Shadow Torch. And I've been enjoying it. I, I think that Mark was the one who com- who kind of compared it as like a... if. Immortals Phoenix Rising and Zelda had a baby. I think that's the way you put it, Mark. Yeah. And then that baby met a karma and that had a baby. Then it's it that's that game. 
so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really understand like the I, I didn't play Immortals: Phoenix Rising, so I can't compare to that. But the Zelda one, I didn't really get. I mean, I guess that from the standpoint of if you played a Zelda game and you only played in Korkiri Forest, like that's what this game would be mm. because obviously, like it's it's very there's it, you're, it basically takes it for like place in this forest. Like there's a mountain, yes, but it's mostly forest and there's a lot of greenery. Yeah, like a farm, a village, like most of it though, it's, it looks like it's taking place in a forest. So it's like if Zelda was only taking place to, in Korkiri Forest. Um, but I would liken it more to the fact that uh, to me, it feels like, especially with the visual style, it feels like in the world of beyond good and evil. And then you mix that with Pikmin because you use the rot, the little cute rot guys, you use them to help you feel, like solve puzzles and, and get collectibles and fight enemies. You can use them to, um, once you build up their courage enough by you know performing enough moves within a fight, you can help them bind enemies to distract enemies while you attack them. So like using Rot to perform different react, different actions uh, within the world, like I saw that as kind of Pikmin, like you were kind of commanding them to do things within the world to help you out. Um, maybe more combat focused than Pikmin, certainly, because Kina can definitely fight. She has a staff and she learns new moves throughout, so you can definitely, I mean, she has a parry, so, I mean, there's definitely more combat to this game than you would find, say, in Pikmin, but I definitely think that visually, I got more vibes from Beyond Good and Evil, and then also with The Rot, I got vibes of Pikmin as well. Mark, did you feel any of that? Yeah, with a little Rot there, I see what you mean with Pikmin. With the um, reference to Zelda, I thought it just, it, it, not art-wise, but the, the whole world reminded me of um, Wind Waker without the without the boat travel. Um, but it's an amazing game, really good game, Kenna. Yeah, I think that the visual style was perfect for the mm-hmm. characters they're created. Like and like the rot, they're so cute, and like there's something very appealing visually about like all of the characters, and just perfect design for everything. So I picked. I think they picked the perfect visual style. And, and just, like, in reference to Zelda, like, I think that when you compare things to Zelda, like, that evokes very strong, like, um, like strong feelings and very strong emotions. Like, you it, it, you have, when you say something compar- comparable to Zelda, you have, like, a lofty expectations for that. And I guess when I heard you compare it to Zelda, I'm like, this game necessarily cannot live up to those expectations because while it's a very good game, it's not, like, on the level of Zelda. And I don't ever really think it tries to be. Um so I was kind of I was kind of confused there, but that's one of my things is when you said that it's like, well, this this is this kind of that evokes a certain scale that this game can't reach up to. But again, like I said, like it's almost like you're playing this game, you know, as if you were a child of the forest, like you were uh, in Korkiri Forest the entire time. So from that standpoint, I could see, okay, this does kind of feel kind of Zelda. Uh, but you know, Mark, I commented to you because I asked you if you would use the exploit because to get this platinum early on before they patched out, you could use an exploit to bypass the master master difficulty completely and i i commented to mark on facebook it's like this game doesn't seem that hard i don't know why the trophy is is the uh, platinum trophy is listed as you know super difficult but you know after you start getting deeper into the game and you fight some of the enemies some of the larger enemies and you get to some of the bosses it's like man this game is deceptively difficult because based on it visually and the like you know having the cute little rock guys get around you would not expect this game to be difficult, but combat gets pretty difficult, uh, I would say, Mark, unless I'm just struggling way more than I should. No, it's difficult. The hard difficulty as well, because I did play two hours of that before I noticed you could exploit it and get the trophy that way. Um, that's two hits and you're dead on hard difficulty. So it, it is quite tricky. It's just um, the combat was more fun than, than hard. 
Yeah, I mean, I just get my, I just, like, a lot of the battles throw you into, like, there's multiple enemies within a battle, and there are some stronger enemies thrown in there with little, tiny, piddly enemies, so, I mean, yeah, you want to focus on the big enemies, but then a lot of the times you lose sight of the long-range enemies, or even the smaller enemies that you can kill in three hits, and they'll come up, and the enemy, you don't do a ton of damage to some of the enemies, but, damn, a lot of the enemies do a ton of damage to you, so <laughs> even when you get... Uh, Kina upgraded and you you get her shield stronger and you get more HP for her you know by meditating in certain areas of the world some of those bosses like the second main boss of the game kick my ass <laughs> in Kina oh yeah oh we're, we're talking about um so there, there's basically three main areas of the game and you are talking about like the the woodsmith correct yeah I, I literally today I just got to and I don't want to say this as a spoiler, so if it's a spoiler, tell me and I'll take it out. I got to the second mask. That's where I'm at right now. So you have, but you haven't, you haven't fought that enemy, right? I haven't, haven't. No, I haven't done anything on the second mask yet. No. Oh, okay, okay. So that's the thing I just said. There would potentially be a spoiler, announcing the woodsmith as the second boss. But I think that once you fight the first boss, you can kind of understand yeah. how they do things in the game. It's really cool, actually, because the boss fights like you see these this really beautiful land, but it's corrupted by kind of all this poison that you have to help clear. And then that's, in the, you know, in the game is obviously about, you know, freeing these spirits that are kind of trapped in this world. And what they, the cool thing what they do with the boss fights is, is they kind of do poison versions of these spirits. So it's like a mirror of the world, like the mirror, the, the world is poisoned. And because of that, spirits within the world have become poisoned and you have to kind of free them, which is something really cool that I think they did with the boss fights and also having that mirror of the world that you're in. Um, but like Mark said, a fun game. Combat is a lot more fun. It, you know, it'd be easy to go into this game and look at its visual style and just kind of see the rot and think that this is going to be a, a, an easy game for kids, but it's definitely not that. It is a, you know, a pretty combat-heavy game that is quite challenging. Challenging, And like I said, I'm on normal on just the, the regular spirit guide level, and the second boss kicked the shit out of me numerous times. Like, it was so fucking hard for me. I finally got past it, but... If you're expect if you know if you walk into this game like me and you have kind of this expectation it's kind of going to be a walk in the park and you're just going to walk straight to the platinum, I'm telling you you're going to get your ass kicked pretty quickly because once you get into the meat of the game, it can kick your ass if you're not ready for it. So, uh, really good game. Love the visual style. Uh, I'm on the the third year of the game, so I'm I'm moving towards the end of it. But uh, I've I've enjoyed it quite a bit, and I would say that there are certain games where I kind of there has to be a certain point within that game where I kind of finally realize how good the game is. Like Shadow of the Colossus, I didn't realize how good that game really was until I got to the fifth Colossus, the Raven. With Kina, I enjoyed the first part of the game, but to me, the second big boss, the Woodsmith, that's really where I it kicked into high gear for me, and I realized fully how good this game was. So, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying Kina Bridge of Spirits, Live Duck to Expectations. Fantastic game, and I would really like to see what Ember Labs does after this game because they've they've certainly set themselves a really great foot forward and made and for me at least I don't know if they're the first game, but their introductory game to me being Kina they've set a very very good um, they made a, a really good first impression on me. So I've quite enjoyed the game as it seems like Mark did as well. I definitely oh. did that that boss you're talking about as well, um, the Woodman. I. After I beat, I had to beat that four times because it kept crashing. Every time I beat it, the game crashed to the to the desktop. <laughs> and I, they have released three patches, I yeah. think, since the game's release. So they have done things very quickly 
to work on the game. And if they're, I did have the game crash on me once, but they have released three patches. So hopefully, um, by releasing those patches, they've helped work out some of the kinks. And yeah. they've gotten them out really fast too. They've they've released three patches within a week and a half. So well, I think I think they had a lot of feedback. I think they had a lot of feedback because it was after each boss, I had multiple crashes, but it didn't ruin the game because the bosses they, they were difficult, but they were quite fun. They had some quite quite good boss mechanics with them really so it, it wasn't a big chore it weren't like oh, i was that the, frustrated the wood, yeah the woodsmith was a i mean i got frustrated but the woodsmith was a brilliant fight like the way that it progressed and the way that you actually damaged the woodsmith it was pretty brilliant so yeah. i i gotta give them uh credit for that because like i said that's the moment that i realized just how good this game was because it was so far above everything else i had done in that game all right let's get into our topics uh our fir- you skipped me, Tricky. You skipped oh, both I'm of sorry. us, Tricker. I'm so... You know what? I'm, I fell as a host. I'm sorry. <laughs> Levi, what are you playing, sir? Well, uh, I'll keep it short since we've done mention several of them, but, you know, Astro's Playroom, Death Stranding, Horizon Zero Dawn, and another, even on PlayStation, me and my niece sat down and we beat Sonic Forces while on vacation. But most importantly, I know you guys have heard me drone on about GOG many times, but for the new listeners, I'm going to use a, a minute to, to plug them. GOG, what they do is they basically, from what I've seen, they take about a 15-year time period. They, they take games from about 1988 through 2003. Lost Gems, games that you can't buy anymore. You, you can't find on consoles. There's, you know, copyrights. Uh, ownership the game is is tied up or for some reason it it can't be remade or it it can't be played on anything what they do is they will work out those issues they will they will find a way to restore these these games so they truly aren't lost for all of time um and they've they've i mean when i say some gems some lost gems i mean some flat out lost gems that this company has brought in and and restored for us to be able to play on PC. Well, I'm on there this week. Um, I bought Silent Hill: The Room about a year ago. When it may be a year and a half ago, when they finally, you know, dug it up. And it's not that old. I think that's that's the end of their time period. You know, 2003. But uh, made it to where it's playable on Windows 10. And so I've do and just just being in a, a Silent Hill, I just love Silent Hill games, just the feel of a Silent Hill game. I've never actually played Silent Hill for the room. This is my first time. I've got it and Origins are the two I've committed to to playing this year to finish all the Silent Hill games. But I'm I'm digging Silent Hill for the room. Um, do I love it as much as two? No, nothing's no Silent Hill game touches two. That's that's the top. I don't even like it quite as good as three. I don't even like it quite as good as one. But it is just a very small click below those games. It is still and it's an amazing game. It's well worth playing. Um, I'm loving it. Go go support GOG. It's only like ten bucks, guys. It'll, it might even be on sale sometimes for five bucks. Throw them a bone for for working out restoring this game. And enjoy an amazing Silent Hill game. Passing it to you, Mark. Right, Mark. Levi, before you move on, I do want to ask: When it comes, you played Astro's Playroom. Do you think that game is a demo or more than a demo? No, it's a demo. I mean, that's that's its purpose. You, 
you you buy your PS5 and it, it automatically downloads itself and it's the purpose of the game is to show you what all the controller can do. So while I love it, I think it's amazing. No, it's it's its sole purpose is is a demo. It, it is a demo. You you wouldn't consider that a, a full fledged game. It is for you. I mean, it's. I mean, if you wanted to to call it that, I mean, they, you know, a full fledged game. I, I picture you know something they have marketed and sold. You know, some they are, they are generating revenue off. This is it as it even tells at the very beginning. The the purpose of Astro's Playroom is to sh- show you what all the controller can do. I mean, sure, it's a little game. I mean, it's it's not just going there taking five minutes and jumping and pulling. It's it's a full fledged tech demo. So I I don't really know what your question is. I, well, I maybe I'm misunderstanding. Well, no, because a lot of I I think Alex was pointing out that a lot of people would say it's a glorified tech demo, where to everybody that's played it so far that we've talked to said that, well, yeah, technically it is a tech demo. It just it, there's a lot of polish on it, so it feels like a full fledged game rather than just oh, something I, they tack on. I agree on. with that. I would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 wonderful. It is it is pretty close to a full game, but it is obviously a demo. All right, uh, Mark. Um, we mentioned this before, but I've been playing Dark Souls. Um, a game Homer recommended in on Facebook was Axiom Verge, which is sort of like a an indie version of Metroid. Um, and um, I'm waiting for my copy of Alan Wake. That's it. That's what I'll be playing next week. I did buy Deathloop, but I haven't started Deathloop yet. Are you still going to get your... You think you're going to get your Alan Wake tomorrow? 100%. 100%. This company who ships these games out always ships them early. Who did you buy it from? It's a British-based company called Simply Games. I've, I've had games two weeks early from them. They're, they're crazy. They just send them out the second they get them in. I was going to say, they, if Levi... they ship games to the good folks of uh, America? Possibly. Give it a go, simplygames.com. No, it's a .co.uk. Maybe not, to be honest, but have a look on their Wait, website. Are PS5 games region locked? No, neither are PS4. Okay. You see, I mean, like normally I would buy something like that through Amazon, but Amazon doesn't. It hasn't had, hasn't had the whole time any of the Alan Wake remastered. Not for Xbox um, Series X, not for PS. It just wasn't on there. And you know, everything else I was going to have to pay shipping. But I was already ordering a couple of controllers because Target had the Crimson Red and the Midnight Black PS5 controller, so they had those at the normal you know, $69 list price, and they also had Alan Wake remastered. So it just made sense. While I already had the shipping, you know, free shipping since I had over $50 or whatever, just go ahead and throw it in there. And I come to regret it completely. Now I wished I'd have just bought it from Best Buy and paid $8 for shipping and had the darn thing, you know, in two days instead of in a week and a half. Yeah, I, don't, I can't stand waiting. That's that, that part, that, that I partly get jealous of people who only buy digital because they can have it on the day it comes out, but... I just like the tangible thing in my hand. Will you do me a favor, Mark, because I know you'll be playing it right away. If you would refrain from posting your thoughts online until I play it. Oh, yeah. I need you to... That's that's fine. Just just wait a week, and uh, you and me will we'll discuss it together, and we'll cut loose with posts and, and all that. Sounds good. That would, uh, I would appreciate that a lot. All right, so that's it, Mark? Yep, yep, yep. I have got another game right. for Halloween, but 
I'll post that in the Facebook group because I like Halloween. All right, so let's get through our topics. There's uh, quite a few of them. Uh, as is standard on the first post, uh, first show of every month, we uh, let you know what you're going to get for PlayStation Plus. Sony has announced that PlayStation 5's Hell Let Loose and PlayStation 4's PGA Tour 2K21 and Mortal Kombat X are the PlayStation Plus games for October of this year. According to the PlayStation blog, all three games will be available from October 5th through November 1st for all PlayStation Plus subscribers. Hell Let Loose, if you don't know, is a World War II-inspired multiplayer game that first released on PC in July 21, after being in early access since 2019. The PlayStation 5 title includes, quote, 100-player battles with unique resource-based RTS-inspired metagame where commanders direct the flow of battle and coordinate powerful in-game abilities that influence the team's march to victory, end quote. Obviously, I don't need to explain to you what uh, PGA Tour uh, 2K21 is, and if you have been not been living under a rock, you know what Mortal Kombat is. So, anybody uh, happy, sad, pissed off? I think it's a really good month. Yeah, it's a recent. There's a really recently released game. There's Mortal Kombat in there, so you got the big the big franchise in there. So, I mean, I I think that people, even if these games aren't your flavor, you can at least respect the fact that Sony brought some big games to the table and a newer release game to the table this month. I I do want to ask, when do you think? Because now we're seeing one PS5 game a month and two PS4 games. When do you think that's going to swap and we'll start seeing two PS5 games a month, one PS4 game? I think after the two year mark. Year and a half. Yeah, I think another year, about a year from now. Year and a half, two years, Mark, maybe. I think when stocks available, when more when PlayStation fives are more readily available, more people have got them, and they can sort of justify doing that switch. At the moment, I think they'd get absolutely slammed if they did that switch too early. While more people have got PS fours right. and PS fives. Right. Yeah. I think we're right at one year away, like like Tricky said. I and I, you know what, I honestly think that uh, instead of it switching, I think they're just going to add uh, two games two PS5, two PS4 games, and do it like that, like they did with the when the well, 4 and the 3 came out. Well, why not just do that now? Because people can claim, like we said, that you can go to your PC and claim the games for free. Even if you don't own a PS5, you can claim the PS5 games, uh, add them to your collection for free via the PC. You don't have I, to I can answer that. To add. I can I can answer that, but I'm going to get roasted with my answer. We'll, we'll go ahead and answer, because we're looking there's, for an answer. There's just not enough PS5 games to offer to a month right now. I agree. Or, or, do you think that there are enough PS5 games, but Sony doesn't want to give enough of them away for free? I I think there's not enough of them to give away for free right now. That if you do not two enough. a month for I don't know a year, you basically give it away every PS5 game. There's got to be 24 games out now, more than 24 games out. Not not ex- PlayStation Five exclusive games, no. But you could give out, like, they when they gave out Maneater, Maneater was for the PS5, it was released on the PS4, so that wasn't a PS5 exclusive. Yeah, but but that was probably in the works long before the PS5 came out. I'm just saying, they could release PS5 versions of games, give away two I, by I, now. I, I, I'm not arguing with you, I'm just saying that you asked my opinion, that's my opinion. I don't think you're going to get roasted for that. I think that's... Oh, I'm going to get roasted for saying there's no PlayStation 5 games. Someone, someone clipped that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it said, so I'm going to get roasted for it. Uh, somebody who's not getting roasted is Blue Point Games, who are officially a part of the PlayStation Studios family. I think we kind of knew this when it leaked months ago by uh, somebody putting out the wrong picture. 
But yeah, officially... when, they, when they announced Housemark was part of the PlayStation Studios family, they also leaked the blue point <laughs> was, and it's like, why not just announce it? Why? Uh, I get that. May, get that. Maybe it's like, hey, we want to have each studio's time to shine in the spotlight. It's like we we you know we acquire Housemark, then we avoid we acquire Fire Sprite, then we acquire Blue Point. We don't want to say all these at once because then they all kind of get lumped together. So you know, let each studio have their time in the sun. You know, as far as like the media blitz, but. I mean, they took a while to announce this. Uh, also announced that uh, because Blue Point has been known for remaking games, it has been announced that their first game under the PlayStation Studios banner is going to be a brand new IP. And a lot of people are upset about that. Why? Think- why would you? Why would you be upset about that? With how many times people have claimed that Sony and other studios are focusing too much on sequels and remasters? Because why would you not be happy that you know they're they're bringing in Fire Sprite and Fire Sprite is doing a very nar- narrative driven AAA game. You've got Blue Point working on a AAA game. House Mark just released this year one of the big AAA games, uh, PS5 exclusives and Returnal. Who's going to be upset about that? Like it's because, like you cannot please the video game audience. Uh, from what I've read and what I've heard is people are upset because Blue Point was the standard bearer of people that can remake games and now that you've taken them away from the you take it away a quality studio that can remake games and now putting them on their own ip it doesn't give us much hope for certain games being remastered and remade well i thought we didn't want a bunch of remasters and remakes there's well there's a certain audience that agrees with you and there's there's a certain audience that agrees to say no let's bring back like i i would absolutely love a remastered version or a remake version of metal gear solid one yeah, there's a time and a place for that, and like we've seen with Alan Wake and KOTOR, there's definitely games that deserve that treatment, but it's not like Bluepoint is the only studio capable. Bluepoint has not handled every single remaster and remake in No, but they, but they are one of, the, one of, if not the best studio out there doing it. But also, I want to see what Bluepoint can do outside of that. I want to see them make their own game. You know, it's like Ready at Dawn. They were doing, like, the PSP and the Vita titles, and then they were let loose, and, you know, and their game order, bombed. Order 1886 didn't bomb. It was no, a good yeah. game. Oh, well, no, it bombed. It was a good game, but it bombed. You're talking about financially, like sales-wise? Sales-wise, it wasn't critically accepted. A lot of people did not like it. Did uh, I'm looking this up. I, yeah. That's the reason why we never got a sequel to it, because it bombed. I mean... Yeah, well, I, I went to look to play it, and I, I didn't see a lot of great things, and so I didn't play it. I mean, Levi, it's a good game. Hands down, it's a great game, but it just it, it did not get the uh, the attraction everybody did, you know expected it to get. Well, to be fair, we haven't had a Heavenly Sword two, and that game didn't bomb. Did it? Did it have its? You know, did it have significant issues? Yes, but it still you know was a well received game, and Sony owns the IP, so they could always say, "Hey, Sony Santa Monica, if you got some time to take away from God of War." You can always make yeah, this heavenly sword Tricky's too. right here. It, it underperformed on sales. IGN, it's a 6.5. Metacritic, it's a 6.3. GameStop, 3.8. I can't it's... trust... Sorry, Levi. I can't trust any of those reviewers. When I read some of the reviews <laughs> these guys... When I read some of those reviews these guys give out and then other games I get a 6 and a 7, I just sit there scratching my head, having no clue what they've played. No clue, some of them. It's, if the company's a big company, it's like Kenner... I don't know what Kenner's got in reviews, but if it got a 7 or an 8, and yet you slap Zelda on the front of it, it's immediately a 10, the exact same game. The, 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 the in- I agree completely. The integrity of some of the reviewers has to be questioned. 
So, uh, <laughs> and you said Zelda. I'm telling you, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> it's not a Zelda game, game. That game under any other name would be a six out of ten. So, uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits has uh, eight out of ten for IGN, nine out of ten for GameSpot. So it's got a, a Metacritic of eighty-one percent. So it's got a really good Metacritic. Yeah, score. I, 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 it I deserves will... it. It deserves it. It fully deserves it. But I've seen other games recently get absolutely bombed in scores. I mean, Cyberpunk was given nines and tens. And look how bad that game is. Okay, well, hold on. I want to. No, Cyberpunk's a good game. It if you can play it. It's not a great game, but it is a good it's game. It's a great if game you on can PC. Play it. It's a great game on PC. Right. And that's what. I, the... I played it on PC. Yeah, and so to give people do... credit, the reviewers got PC copies and not console copies, so I can understand right. that a little bit. But any, any reviewer with integrity would maybe play the console version as well and see what the issues were. They can't just pump out a review saying this is the best game of all time, 10 out of 10. That's a fair point. And yet every so, PlayStation 4 game that went out was abysmal. I do and want to vouch for order. They pulled them off the market. Yeah, they did. They pulled the PS4 stuff. Pulled it off, gave refunds. And now it's back on the store, but before you buy it, there's a huge disclaimer saying, uh, before you buy this, this game has issues. Yeah. Uh, I do want to vouch before we move on for Order 1886, because I'm sorry, 6.3 on Metacritic's not fair. That game is at least a 7. I agree, Alex. I, I, I agree. I played that game. I'm, I'm I not, enjoyed Alex, it. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying, it, it by standards, it bombed. No, I don't you're, agree you're not, with it. You're not wrong. Nor was I arguing. That's now that I hear you guys' comments, I'm going to go play the game. It, Look, yeah, I, w- I was just saying that the reason that I didn't is because I, you know, basically what Tricky said. It, you know. So, so, but if it's if it's one of those hidden gems, I'll go play it. Well, so so Levi, here's what I'll tell you about the game. It looks beautiful, and it, it plays really well. So it's not like a buggy mess or anything. My biggest criticism is that it's kind of like it delivers this kind of idea that you're going to be in this Victorian era and you're going to fight monsters. There's not a lot of monster fighting in it. So there are some scenes with werewolves that you'll fight. There's not a ton of that. So I think they oversold that a bit. You do a lot of human versus human fighting, which I was a little disappointed with. But the biggest thing about the game is a lot of people say it's too much cutscenes and it's too short of a game. So be forewarned about that, that that's one of the biggest knocks on the game is it's too short. It's not that it's a bad game or it, it, it plays really poorly. It's just that it's too short, people think. It's 10 bucks right now. It's easily worth $10. All right. Uh, what Another feature that Sony's got coming out that you're not going to have to pay for. Sony has added new game trials feature to the PlayStation 5. If you guys are you know old school PlayStation players, you remember this happened back in the PlayStation 3 days? Was it 3 or 4? 3. It was a 3. 3. Uh, this article is coming from Eurogamer and is written by Wesley Yin Poole. Uh, the feature is now live on the PlayStation 5. Apparently in the UK only... And it's just for two games, Death Stranding, Director's Cut, and Sackboy, A Big Adventure. If you head to the PlayStation Store listed for either game, you'll find an option to download a free trial. The Death Stranding trial offers six hours of playtime, whereas the Sackboy trial offers five hours. There's a catch, though, and a pretty big one at that. According to the small print, the timer begins from the moment you hit download trial via your console or add to the library via the web. 
This is a Madden decision on Sony's part. I'm downloading Death Stranding Trial now, and my PS5 tells me it's going to take two hours before I've downloaded enough data just to start playing, and then another three hours after that until all the data is downloaded. That means I'll just have a few hours of my trial left to play the game. The small print also mentions one trial per account per game, and the game trial applies to the PlayStation 5 versions of the game. The trials are only available from October uh, until 11.59 p.m. on October 28th, uh, and the fine print continues. As noted, game add-ons DLC bought during the trial can only be used with the full version of the game if purchased, and save game and trophies will carry forward to the full version of the game if you've purchased it. Uh, it's, this article says it's a cool new feature for the PlayStation 5 and it hopes it extends to more games. But the decision to start the timer from the moment you hit download is horrible. I hope Sony has a change of heart on that. Uh, now, before I get your comments, somebody did have a workaround, which I thought was pretty nifty. It says, uh, if you go onto your PlayStation 5, make a new account with the same region from your main account. Download the trial on your new account after it's downloaded, go back to your main account, click on download trial, and because you've already downloaded it, now you have the full six hours to play it. See, you got roasted in the, or maybe not you, but in, on Facebook, people were roasting this news because people were like, this isn't news, and jokingly saying, hey, Sony's invented demos, congratulations. Like, do you remember back in the PS3 days when Sony didn't offer demos for every game, but actually Microsoft on Xbox 360, they you had to have a demo for every game, I believe Correct. it was. Correct. Sony, I don't, some people seem excited about this. What is the point of this? The point of this is okay, so well, you could, it's, it, I get it, is to give people a chance to play a game so they don't spend their money on it and then hate it. But, like, they're, they're like, oh, look at this big new feature, and everyone's just like, it's a game demo. Why has this not been, why was this okay, not a thing Okay, before? okay, okay. I, I see. I was talking to Homer on the phone about this. This is not a demo. This is the full game that you're able to play, and as far as you can go in six hours, that's what you get to play. There's nothing. There's nothing locked. When you play a demo, it is a vertical slice of the game, and they lock certain features of the game. So, hypothetically, you go into play Rocket League, and it has a demo. You can't play different cars. You can't put on different wheels. You can't do all that stuff because it's all locked between the demo. But if they give you a free trial for Rocket League, now I know it's a bad example because Rocket League's free, but just using it for example, you go play a six-hour trial of Rocket League and every feature's unlocked, it's not the same as a fucking demo. Okay, but here's and the I, thing. I'm sorry for Alex. I'm not, I'm not trying to get angry at you, but I'm, I, I, it pisses me off when people call this a demo. This is not a demo. This is a trial for their entire game. Okay, but it's not. You cannot reasonably finish these games in six hours. They're not expecting you to fix, uh, finish the game in but, six so hours. So it's not the full. You're not getting access to the full game. You're only getting you, access to what you can do in six hours. No, because if I gave you my copy of Death Stranding Director's Cut and you played ten hours of it, and then I turn around and tell you, "Hey, I want my game back," you download this. You're you're exactly where you stop playing. You you don't have to start from the beginning again. You have access to the entire full game, all the features, everything that you can unlock in six hours is yours. There's nothing locked. It's not the same as a demo. Okay, Period. The, let, let, let's make this point. If you stop playing the game and you go and do something else, like your timer's still going. Like because the game, you know, like when they talked about how when you're downloading the game, it counts against you. 
So you have to play that six hours all the way through to get your full value out of it. Absolutely, and that, and, I, and that that's a shitty feature of it, and Sony will probably reverse itself after enough people outcry. I agree with you. That's a shitty f- thing to do. Is it? Yeah, so you can't step away from the game, or you'll lose time. Correct. Is is it a bad feature, or how long do you need to try a game before you like it? Even if you get one or two hours with a game, don't you know after that whether you like it or not? How long do you want to be given with a new game? I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice addition. It's a nice little teaser for a game to play it for a few hours, but it is just a long demo. Yeah, but again, oh like oh. with what Microsoft is doing with Game Pass, this still doesn't look good. No, it's not. Like, it's it's, it's not almost great. like Sony is trying to battle against Game Pass, but they keep releasing things that people are like, this isn't as good as Game Pass. It, it's nice. Don't has... get me wrong. If I'm going to buy a game and I'm unsure about it and it's not a mainstream game and it's not something that I've read a million reviews of, I've watched Tricky stream it, or I've watched a couple of YouTube videos off and I can try it for an hour or two and I think, okay, I've tried that. It's brilliant. I'll buy it now. That That's great. I understand what Tricky's saying. It's not a demo. It's just a long teaser. But... Like you say, it's, it's not the it's not the best feature. It's not something to get get on the soapbox about and rave about. No, and again, I I know I got a little heated there, and I, I don't I didn't really mean to, but it, the podcast it, is for to yell at my, people over the air. My <laughs> my point was just trying to say is anybody that's calling this a demo is not effing demo. Like yeah. It's not designed for you to beat the game in six hours because why would they give you a trial for a game that you could beat in six hours? You know so, what I'm saying? That That's just stupid. So these games are available to the end of the month, correct? Yes. Which means suggests that they will have new trials next month. Probably. So if there's not enough games to release free for PlayStation Plus, how are they going to keep up a two games for this the game trial system every month? I think right now, because they didn't really announce this analysis, like, there was no Sony announcement about this. The only way we know about this is through other gaming sites. This is probably just a a, a a trial run to see how well this works. And if it works, they'll probably do it for all games. They did, didn't did they do it for all games on the PS3? Well, they can't do it for all games because some games can be beaten in six hours. Well, you know what I'm saying now. You don't, stop, stop trying to nitpick. You, well, I, you said all games. You know what I meant, sir. Don't make me drive to Kentucky and smack you around. They they got to meet the seven hour rule of be legit. Of, uh, be legit. <laughs> if they did wow, it for some games, on that. if they did it for some games, I'd give it a go. But it's if you were talking to your friend about PlayStation Five and selling them on certain points, you wouldn't say, "Guess what? You can download a game and play it for six hours. It's amazing." No one's selling anyone that. No one cares. Yeah, but okay, but Mark, let's say that. Uh, I got a wild hair up my ass, and, you know, it starts snowing in hell. If I turned to you and said, hey, I, I want to try to play Alan Wake, there's a feature on the PS5 where you could literally uh, stream it to me and pass me the controller, and I could play Alan Wake from your console. Well, we'll get into this later, but I'll just say, you're an idiot. You should have bought it anyway because you, it's a proper game. <laughs> play a proper game. Don't be an idiot. All right, let's <laughs> move on. Levi, are you still with us? Because you were kind of quiet when they I'm made I'm still here. I, I, I expect you to make a comment with the Be Legit comment. No, I, I just... Uh, I mean, that wasn't, I a, that just, wasn't a slap I just grinned at Mark's comment. We'll get into this later, because we are going to get into this later. All, All right. I'm, that wasn't an insult to Be Legit. I'm just saying we know that that is, you know, kind of the general rule, seven hours, so that's above the six-hour limit there. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next topic we have is PlayStation Now has leaked games include a huge addition. Alex, you kind of put this in the Facebook group, I believe. 
Uh, October's place. October's PlayStation Now games have seemingly leaked, and it looks like PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 owners subscribe to the Xbox Game Pass alternative, which I hate people referring to, too, because they're not the same, are getting one of the last generation's best and most controversial games. Over on the PlayStation Store in the United Kingdom, the PlayStation Now section has been updated that games that are currently available via the subscription service, but presumably will be announced next week, perhaps alongside a rumored upgrade that would take the service to the next level. One of these games, the aforementioned title, is both popular yet divisive. Wow, this person uses a lot of words to get to the point. The Last of Us Part 2, which released last year, during the summer, got a 93 in Metacritic. And it also looks like uh, we're going to be getting Fallout 76, Desperados 3, and Final Fantasy 8 Remastered. This news also comes via comicbook.com and Tyler Fisher. Yes, I was going to get to that. Uh, all that saying, this is all rumored, so take all this with a grain of salt. But if it's relayed by a leak, not an official announcement or press release, there's little room to doubt these games are coming to the subscription service. But for now, this has not been confirmed. The 8 Remastered's been confirmed. That was confirmed ages ago on Twitter by PlayStation because they announced a series of Final Fantasy games coming to PlayStation now. So that's, that's 100% that one. Okay. Fallout 76, I thought was free, wasn't it? Yeah, no one cares about it. Nobody's going to pay for it, <laughs> so they might as well. Okay, well, the last of us, too. And I love, I'm a huge Fallout fan. Uh, that, no. Hasn't I've Fallout never heard... 76 gotten a lot better, though? Haven't they improved it? Yeah, but still nobody's paying for it. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> Desperados 3, I've never heard of, or, or Desperados 2, or Desperados. And obviously, The Last of Us Part 2 is a special part of my heart, so... Oh, so there you go with the PlayStation Now. I'm stalling because I can't click. Uh, the next thing we have is the Game Awards are going back to an in-person event in December. If you're interested, uh, they are going to be on December 9th. It is an invite-only in-person event. Uh, it's running in Los Angeles. So uh, obviously when that comes around, we will be covering it. Where will we get that uh, news from, Tricky? I don't know. Uh, Hollywood the, Reporter. The Hollywood Reporter written by Trilby Brezeford. Well, I, I wasn't going to give Trilby some credit for just some random information. Uh, but that's fine. Uh, the next thing we have, we're getting into this now. Konami, according to IGN and written by oh, yes. the uh, famous fake name Joe Scribbles. Uh, Konami is working on Metal Gear, Castlevania, and Silent Hill games. Uh, oh yes, Konami is reportedly working on games in all of those, both with both internal and external studios attached. Anonymous publishers sources told VGC that Konami is refocusing on developing games within its best love series. Per those same sources, the first of those games will be a reimagining of Castlevania being developed primarily by an internal Konami studio. The report adds that Konami is planning remasters of the original Metal Gear Solid games for new consoles, as well as a potential full remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Many have speculated that the remake specialist Bluepoint would work on the Metal Gear Solid remake, but VGC's report saying that it's being handled by a Singaporean studio, Virtuous, which previously worked on the Switch port of Dark Souls Remastered, among other projects. This is backed by game data analyst Millie A, who has correctly called several other announcements ahead of time. After Bluepoint's acquisition by Sony to say the studio was in fact working on a remake alongside the original game, but that was not a Metal Gear game. 
Uh, finally, VGC reaffirms that multiple Silent Hill games are in development, with one at a prominent Japanese developer. Many believe Poland's blooper team is on, at work on another Silent Hill game after a partnership between the two companies will, was announced. Uh, they have reached out to Konami for comment. Developer has made sm- small moves towards developing new console games recently alongside setting up a Western publishing division. The company also resurrected its gaming division earlier this year to make more of efficient. Konami released a collection of much-loved Castlevania games last week, which also may be an attempt to test the waters for the series. Konami has also rebranded its long-running PES series as eFootball, swapping to a free-to-play structure. Unfortunately, the game suffering a very shaky launch. So let's take this in step-by-step, step and we're going to start with Silent Hill because I know Levi is foaming at the mouth to talk about Silent Hill. Levi, what do you think about Konami jumping back in the video game market and coming back out with Silent Hill games? It better be a new game. Because they came in, you know, developing PT and dropped it, dropped the ball. We haven't had a new Silent Hill game in over a decade. Um, as much as I love the games, um, I just, I want I want a Silent Hill game. I want a new game. I'm, I'm tired of them setting on such magnificent content as Silent Hill and just, not doing anything with it. So I'm just tickled to death to see that they have finally, and, and especially if Kojima is, is going to be part of the show, it'll it'll be my biggest game of the year. Oh, can they ever do anything with Kojima again? Is there any chance of repairing that relationship? Oh, hell no. No. So you don't, you don't think that he will be a part of it? Could, listen, and this is not me fanboying over Kojima. But what Konami did, and you go back to the list, to the episodes where when this when it happened, I lost my shit. There is no way in hell that Kojima is going back to Konami to participate in this at all. I will bank. I will bet anything on that. The only way. The, the Jap- only way Kojima's touching Silent Hill is if Sony buy those franchises from Konami. There is no way on earth he's going to touch Metal Gear Solid or Silent Hill. Yeah, if if it's any way attached to Konami, Kojima's not touching it. I will bet. I mean, anything. that's that's his brainchild. It, I mean, that's it, especially Metal Gear Solid. Listen, I anybody that listens to the show knows my love for the Metal Gear Solid series. The fact that Metal Gear Solid Five was not finished because of the animosity between Kojima and Konami. The fact that Konami had the balls, and I don't mind saying it the absolute fucking balls to remove his name yeah, from yeah. that game, there's no way that re- that relationship is getting repaired. You have to question as well whether Konami are even capable of releasing a, a good game at this point. It's been that long since they've released a decent game or even produced any anything of any note that the fact that they can think they can have six or seven games put straight into production. At, esports football, like you talked about before, has been rebranded. That is, I, I was reading reviews because I usually get that, and especially with it being free, it's horrific. It's basically a PlayStation 2 looking game. I can't trust Konami with anything. They shouldn't have Castlevania, they shouldn't have Silent Hill, they shouldn't have Metal Gear Solid. Just give them up, sell them to someone who can handle it better. Because I don't think they're capable yeah. of putting anything out of any quality whatsoever. S- sell the IPs. Yeah. I mean, there was, a, there was long rumors that Sony was buying mm-hmm. the rights to Metal Gear Solid and Castlevania. And Silent Hill, because 
uh, now again, this is all rumors and speculations, but back after Death Stranding was uh, released, there was a lot of rumors going around that uh, Kojima uh, really wanted to go back and finish the Silent Hill game that he started with PT, as Levi said. And there was a lot of rumors that Sony was going to buy the IP for for Kojima to make the game, and obviously that's not happening. But there's no way in hell Kojima's going back to Konami. Not a shot in hell. Well, they announced in the Konami that we're not making any more console games at one point. They said apart from Pro Evolution Soccer, which is now esports. Right, they were gonna they were gonna they were gonna focus on Pajico machines. Yeah. So they announced that. So they got rid of half of their production staff who were making those games. So they'd not got anyone in house. So I wouldn't be I like that article says, I wouldn't be shocked if they gave it out to other studios. I'd like to see other studios get their hands on. The, these IPs and do so, and do something special with them because I don't think I don't think anything we'll get from Konami will be anything to write home about. This this is very see guys. You know I took several years off from gaming and I didn't know you know the full background of that story. I knew he left and I knew about PT, but I mean it it would really be saddening to me to see um, you know the Silent Hill game that we've been waiting over a decade on. Uh, just butchered. Yeah. I would rather not see one at all. I, I I said, and I and I still stand firm, that I would never play another Metal Gear Solid game unless Kojima did it, and he didn't do it. And when they released that abysmal so, RTS game, yeah. what was it called? Metal Gear Rising. No, not Rising. What was it called? Survive. 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 I I got that for free, and I still haven't played it. That's listen. I, I I hate Konami for what they did to Kojima. And this isn't me fanboying over a developer. This is what you did. And, and anybody that knows the Japanese culture, that, that was usually disrespectful, which is a, a, a very taboo thing in Japan culture. And they straight up disrespected him. They They... On every single Metal Gear game, on the front of the box, it had Hideo Kojima's name. And I remember to this day, because it just popped up in my Facebook memories, I downloaded the game on my PS4, and the initial icon said a Hideo Kojima game. The day one patch comes out, and they removed it off the, the logo. There's a lot. It's, there's it's, a lot wrong with Konami in general. I mean, you go back to sort of... Nintendo, Super Nintendo, PlayStation One days. Can I, can oh, that was yeah, their prime. I mean, were that was, the way. they were the deal. They were leading the way. There were so many franchises that they had, so many good things. Just go back and tell me the last game that they produced or released that didn't have Hideo Kojima's name tied to it. That was of any note. If anyone can do it, just go 10 years back and just give me any game that you can say that is a standout game because they haven't done one. Not, not in the UK or US, not in this market. Exactly. Hideo Kojima was Konami, basically. The last one was Castlevania um, on the PlayStation 3. Lord of Shadows. Lord of Shadows 1 and 2. Was was Kojima involved in the Contra games? Um, No. No. That was before. But that's another franchise that that they haven't touched, Levi. They just just don't care. I know. They they just released a Contra game. I don't know if Konami was attached to it, but they just... They did just release the Contra game. I think all their recent games are literally just like um, collections of older games. So it's the Castlevania collection. You had the Metal Gear Solid collection on PlayStation 3. They don't really release anything of any note. There's nothing. I don't want them touching Yeah, it. I think with Contra also, it was just the Contra collection. That's the only one I've heard of. Uh, was it just a collection? 
Yeah, I mean, there might be another, but it's so close, so far under the radar that I don't even know what it is. So, so of these franchises, Castlevania is most near and dear to my heart because I grew up playing the original on the NES. And I think that while Konami has shown probably more respect to the Castlevania franchise than a lot of their other franchises, I still would much rather see it in somebody else's hands. I would, I would really wish Sony would have bought in Castlevania and done something with that. I mean, I respect the fact that it, what they did with Lords of Shadow, trying to take the Castlevania series in a different direction. And as Tricky said in the article, they talked about a reimagining of Castlevania. What they need to do is just go back to 2D. Me- yeah. 2D has worked for Mega Man. The 2D games they've released for Mega Man have been great in recent years. And even if they weren't completely 2D, they were, you know, of that same style from back in the day. You know, it wasn't like Mega Man Legends. They went back to the old style of side-scrolling, and it really worked for them in something like Mega Man 11. Castlevania needs to live in that kind of 2D plane. Or it, it, it can't... I don't want a 3D Castlevania game. If, you know, because you think about Castlevania, what is their best game they've ever made? I, or, but, I absolutely would not want a 3D yeah, Castlevania the, game. The best, yeah. game. the best game, Alex, is Symphony of the Night. But the problem that Konami and, have got and is... That, they, that came out in the 90s. Yeah, 97. They can't compete with Bloodstained which came out on the PS4 and was um, fan-funded, they can't compete because they don't have the staff to produce it on that sort of level. If you go back and look at the articles, like Trick would have to find one for maybe next episode to to talk about it, but they cut half of their team saying we're not going to make games anymore. So just give up up the IPs and give them to somebody that actually cares and doesn't just want to rinse the fans because that's the only reason they're holding on to these. And all you're going to get is poor sequels just just fooling people like Levi and me who really are invested in the Silent Hill games and, and they, preying on their wallets rather than actually producing something of any quality. They, yeah, I mean, look, up- let's, let's think of it from an optimistic. Do you think it's possible this could be their start to try to come back? Because like like Mark said, back in NES in the 90s, you, you had Capcom, you had Konami, and you had Hudson Soft. Those three developers turned out, I mean, they were running the show back then. Konami was, I mean, they were, they were the best of them, and now it's nothing. Could this be their chance to say, "Hey, the we're we're gonna we're gonna get back in the game. We're we're gonna start working on our our biggest IPs again, and we're we're back." Do, do you do think you, there's any chance of that then, without Hideo Kojima? So to use Alice's words from last week, for, to use Alice's words from last week when he was talking about CG Project Red and Activision and. Uh, what was the game you were talking Trip about? Tripwire. Tripwire. Uh, I'm not trusting Konami. They don't deserve I'm not it. trusting them. I, 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 there's, they've done nothing. Well, you, you look me in the eye, Mark, and you tell me you won't buy that Silent Hill game. I will one. not. If you look at the, just, just after this show, Levi, just look up eSports football. This, this is their most prized franchise at the moment, and that's what they put out on the PlayStation 5. It's So you it's really, truly think that's what they're just trying to prey on people like you and me who will buy that game? If they don't franchise that out to PlayStation, give that to PlayStation and let Kojima work on it. They have no respect for that franchise whatsoever. The same way with Castlevania. Don't touch it, because the main guy who invented Castlevania is the guy who got off and did and made Bloodstained. So they've got none of the talent they originally had. And when you don't have the talent like Kojima, I forget the guy's name who did Bloodstained Ritual of the Night um, and made the original Castlevanias. If you haven't got the creativity and you're just in it for the money, then you're not going to create what fans want. 
And and just and in the article where I was reading, uh, there was an update. It says Eurogamer reports that Konami had considered a Metal Gear Three Solid remake for some time. An early scrapped version apparently used the company's Fox engine, the same one they used on Metal Gear Solid Five, and incredibly repurposed cutscenes from a for a hugely unpopular Metal Gear Solid slot machine game. So they took video game assets to put it in a slot machine. They're making fortunes so, all tricky in Japan from that, and they have a very big baseball series on consoles in, in Japan that makes them big money. So as a business, fair play. That's where your money is, and that's the way you're making money. Brilliant. But don't expect me to keep giving you money for absolute rubbish on the back of the fact that you once made good games. Well, they'll, I'll, they'll, get, me, they'll get me on Silent Hill. I will state right now, I will buy Silent Hill day one. But... If if it's like Mark saying, and this this is a money grab from a talentless group of people that are making some desperate, you know, grab to play off their biggest titles ever and produce a bunch of trash. If they do that, I'm done. I think with the only reason you like Silent Hill, I won't buy a game from them again. The only reason you like Silent Hill is because of Kojima and because of what he demanded from the staff and the talent that he had. He's took all them with him. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think... know. Maybe it's maybe you sit on the fence and you wait and you look at reviews and you look at how the game looks and you make your own mind up. But I wouldn't buy a CD Project Red game day one again. So I mean, I'm not going to go as bold as to say that. All right, so, we keep we, we keep going over. Alex. I am displeased <laughs> with them, but so Mark, let me see if this ring names a bell for Castlevania. It says I what the name I found for creator Koji is... Garasha. Okay, it's just coming okay. to me now. <laughs> Um, don't don't rush us, Tricky. We're talking about Silent Hill. I'm not trying to rush you. Want, if we want to take an hour and a half more on this listen, show to talk about Silent Hill, we will do it. I'm just saying. Oh, you, we kept talking over Alex. Poor Alex was trying to say something. We kept talking over him. That's Alex, don't play Silent Hill. Ooh. He's got no dog in this. It's true, I do not. But I do play Castlevania. So that's my dog <laughs> in the fight. Play- I will say though that <laughs> I think that what was featured very prominently in the article is that they are outsourcing a lot of this work to other studios that are not owned by them. And I think that goes back to the fact that Mark said that they had basically laid off half of their staff and a lot mm-hmm. of the people that could produce video games. Because Even though they want to refocus on their main series now, they are having to put so much of that work outside of Konami that, you know, I mean, yes, Nintendo works with partners to create some of their biggest franchises, but Nintendo has always had a very strict grasp on quality and the kind of games that get the Nintendo quality seal. The same cannot be said for Konami. So that just all goes back and forth. It's like, yeah, maybe we should give Konami some credit because maybe they are trying to refocus on their games, but they're, they're, this is their own IP and they're trusting it. This they're, they're, they're kind of recentering themselves and they're focusing most of the work outside of Konami. So can you really trust them? Okay. You guys have flat out put me in a sour mood. Okay. Let's move on. No, Let's no, no, no. On. Wait, wait. I, I, I might have some good news for you. Uh, I just I was Googling uh, Kojima and Silent Hill, and coming from PushSquare.com, this article was posted. This is what I was talking about. Two days when ago. I said Kojima working on it. Okay. I've read that article. It says the rumor is it's this rumor that won't go. Uh, this is coming from PushSquare, and it's written by Sammy Barker. Uh, and this was posted yesterday afternoon. Uh, it's the rumor that won't go away. As new Silent Hill game is apparently being bankrolled by Sony, and Death Stranding developer Kojima Productions is allegedly at the helm. 
Yesterday, it was reported that Konami is looking to reboot a number of popular franchises. As part of that report, first published by VGC, the later collaborated with by Eurogamer, there was word of, quote, multiple Silent Hill games, end quote, being in, quote, development at various external deve- development studios. And we already know one of the projects is being handled by Poland's blooper team. According to Jim, uh, Gamatsu, Citing a, quote, publishing source, one of the Silent games is being held by Kojima Productions with Sony footing the bill. This is not the first time the cult horror franchise has been associated with PlayStation. Last year, there were strong connections between Japan Studio and the series before the developer was unceremoniously shuttered. Ever since then, some fans felt the abandoned... Uh, the ongoing abandoned saga was a Hideo Kojima ruse, which ultimately turned out to be false. Uh, now, the original of the story, Andy Robinson of VGC, says, uh, quote, All I can say is that the Japanese studio referenced in my report is not Kojima Productions. It's very possible there are multiple games going on within Japan or that external studios are working together, but it's just speculation from me. Uh, and he said that the other journalist is a great journalist, so I don't doubt his info. And that was it. So, uh, the rumor is that Kojima is working on it. If it, if it's funded by well, someone, I I didn't know that I didn't know who that guy was, or that I didn't know. You know, you, you see a lot of clickbait. You guys are more knowledgeable than me, so I didn't want to bring it up. But let's we'll be optimistic. Also, I do want to before we move on. Um, we brought up Koji Igarashi. He was a producer on Castlevania series, Mark, but he didn't join Konami until 1990. So actually, uh, from what I found, the creator of Castlevania which released in 1986 for the NES, was Hitoshi Akamatsu. Was Koji the, was he the director for Symphony of the Night? I'm sure he had a big part. But to, I mean, he was a producer. He came on, you know, to the series. Um, I think he worked on Rondo of Blood, which was on the yeah. Sega. Yeah, I remember that. I vaguely so remember he, he, his name he, attached as director to Symphony of the Night, but I could be wrong. He's certainly the most well-known and popular person tied to Castlevania. Um is Igarashi, but yeah. I, I don't think that he was the person who initially got it started. Have you played Bloodstained, Alex? Yes, I have. I, oh, I do not have all the trophies brilliant. because the trophy list was not the easiest thing in the world, but I did play that game, yes. Okay, I am going to skip the next three topics just for interest of time because we're already approaching the hour and a half mark. Uh, but I do want to mention... Uh, the, uh, give a shout out to Sony Santa Monica. Uh, one of the articles we had here was saying that they the reason God of War Ragnarok was delayed is because Christopher Judge, who does the voice of Kratos, uh, had surgery and they paused the production of the game to wait until he could heal so he can get back into the studio to do everything, including the mocap. So I want to give a shout out to Sony Santa Monica. Well, uh, you just going to shit all over Twisted Metal. Well, I was going to do Twisted Metal next week. Uh, I was going to say, why, why are we talking about the topic of the week? Why don't we skip that? Because I think that's point uh, something we need to talk about. I mean, it's it's China, though. We know how tight of control I, they I'll, have over everything. Okay, don't don't spoil it. But um, Too late. China. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. But, d- come on. Let's let's talk about Twisted Metal right now. We, we can't. There's not much we're going to have to say about this, but. All right. Well, I I I know it's late for hey, Mark. So you know me. You know me. I'll talk. I'll talk twisted metal all day long. All right. But if any of if okay, any hold, single hold. one of you throws twist, twisted metal four under the bus when you've never played it, okay. Um, uh, let's say, let's get I, back I to the topic ahead. Then we'll come back to twisted metal. <laughs> and, don't don't start on me. And, all right, everybody, put a pin in. Let's get the <laughs> you, twisted metal four. Anyway, um. 
Judge tweeted out, uh, 100% in my feels right now. I need to be forthcoming. This has been approved by no one to the blood fandom. Ragnarok was delayed because of me. August 2019, I couldn't walk. I had to have back surgery, both hips replaced, and knee surgery. They waited for me to rehab. So, shout out. I mean, often we talk about games getting delayed for various reasons. I think this is a very honorable reason to delay the game, and I appreciate it, and I want to give love to Sony Santa Monica for it. So, all right. As per host request, Demand. Twisted Metal Revival is reportedly yeah, under Mark's mom could really love Twisted Metal. You never know. <laughs> Twisted Metal Revival is reportedly under development by the Destruction All-Star Studio. This is coming from IGN and written by Logan Plant. I'm going to say this and I'm going to walk away smoking cigarettes. I have no interest in Twisted Metal. Okay, well, so here, here's that. the question, though. Would would Mrs. Duplex, <laughs> oh, God. do you guys... You know what? I'll step away now. Guys, I'll let you guys go come sh- back. Go smoke your cigarette. Would you envision Mrs. Duplex as like a Spectre or Grim type, or you know the the small, fast, twisted metal, uh, you know uh, finesse aficionado, or do you see her more as like the you know just the the midnight, the monster truck, you just just steamrolling people, you know Calypso, which type I'm, of I'm just player? Gonna, I'm just going to shock. Do you envision I'm her being? Both. I've never played a twisted metal game. What What about Thumper? What about the pink Cadillac? Hey, she might be. She might just burn people with fire. There you go, thumper. So, this article comes from VGC and is written by Andy Robinson. The title is "Sources: Destruction All Star Studio Lucid Handing Twisted Metal Revival." According to the sources, and whoever sources VGC has the new combat installment, which by release will be the series' first in over a decade, has started early development at the Liverpool UK-based studio. Again, that's Lucid Games, which handled Destruction All Stars. One person with knowledge of Lucid's plan suggested that the revival would be built around free-to-play model, partly in response to Destruction All-Star's last-minute transition from a premium game to a PlayStation Plus title. The release is planned to coincide with an upcoming TV series in 2023, we were told. So, Okay, this Destruction All-Stars developer, what is the name of What is their name? Lucid Games. Okay, that is, I'm having to look this up. That is not the same people that developed Vigilante 8 as a competitor, if you can call it that, to Twisted Metal back in the 90s. No, it isn't. It is Luke's of Flux. I knew it started with an L. Okay, sorry. No, 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 you're good. I'm surprised that you had a memory that that went back that far and could remember a name like that. Yeah. Well, oh, I I could, I just remember it started with with a L, L something or another. But. I, I, I mean, mean, I couldn't tell you. The, Vigilante the, 8, you know, Vigilante 8 was okay. But it was clearly, you know, somebody just trying to come in and do what Twisted Metal did, and they, they couldn't. It didn't have that feel. It just wasn't nearly as good of a game. But anyway, enough about Vigilante 8. These guys, if if they, this Destruction All-Stars group, if they want to give it a shot, if they are the people to step in, step up to the plate, and bring this back into the, the the forefront and give us a twisted metal game. They have my full 100% support. I will I will support. I will pre-order. I will support them in any possible way I can. Um, I just want to see somebody like the very first time I recorded with you guys. If you remember, Alex, we talked about twisted metal and my love for twisted metal. So if if these are the guys to do it, I've got your you've got my support. So obviously the 
I can't remember. Would you tw- I think I don't know if a decade is right because I think the last Twisted Metal game came out in 2013 for some reason. Um, but that was just a remaster. No, it was a new Twisted Metal. No, Black was the last one. Yeah, well, no, Twisted Metal came out on the PS3. Yeah, but that was a remaster, Alex, of the original Twisted Metal. No, it came out in 2012. Uh, No, that was actually, that was a brand new Twisted Metal. I'm pretty sure it was not a remaster. You see, I never played it, and the reason I didn't play it is I saw, I thought it was a remaster. No, it was a reboot. That had bad reviews. It was a reboot. Okay, reboot. Yeah, I'm looking it up here. Uh, It was a reboot. It it was. I read that it had completely and totally failed, so I just didn't even buy the game. Yeah, I bought it, and I didn't even finish it, and I love Twisted Metal. Uh, But no, it was a reboot of the series, uh, because I guess after Twisted Metal Black, where do you take the series? I guess you could do Twisted Metal Black 2, or there were rumors of Twisted Metal Black 2, and it never came to pass. But yeah, it it wasn't a great game, and that game had was developed by Eat Sleep Play, which was headed up by game director David Jaffe. David Jaffe is the original creator of Twisted Metal. And if David Jaffe couldn't make a great Twisted Metal game in 2012, it's kind of like, well, who do you hand this off to? Yeah, I know that Destruction All-Stars was kind of scoffed at because it's got a very, you know, it's like, oh, cool, car combat. And then you see people jump out of cars and there's these goofy humans running around like jackasses. I don't know. I never played that game. I never gave it a chance, so I don't know how good it was. But as far as the car combat side, I mean, the game looked good. The cars looked sleek. It looked like the, the car combat aspect of it looked fun. So if this is the person that's handling Twisted Metal, I actually think that Sony made a good choice in this. But obviously with Twisted Metal, it's a darker tone. It's a darker game. So you can't have combatants jumping off their vehicles mid-match and trying to fight each other or some stupid shit like that or doing some other side quest goals. Now, if they get out of their car start doing side quests, I, I it, cut the game It's got to be pure car combat. So based on what I've seen from the car combat from Destruction All-Stars, they can make a good game. It just has to it has to be a darker tone and the people have to stay in their cars. They can't get out. And I'm with you. And you see, like, I've been reading some articles on this and you see people talking about how, oh, well, some games aren't meant to be, you know, redone or some, some games, you know, just don't work in the modern format. Like we were talking about earlier, I think one of, one of the... Maybe the Castlevania yeah. you said Castlevania Mega Man. You know, I don't think can't those be a, do can't be a 3D, 3D game. But I mean, they have gone 3D. You know, but they don't need to. Twi- Twisted Metal always was 3D. You know, it it from the beginning it was you know car combat, you know, big open platform, and you you have games like that today. Even Rocket uh, Rocket League that you guys play, um, Rocket League alone is proof that that style of game can happen, does happen, will happen. There's no reason. To not bring back oh. Twisted Metal. Yeah, Destruction All Stars was just way too goofy. Mark, did you did you play it at all? No, no, I didn't play Destruction All Stars. Uh, I played, and it I, was it was free for a month on PlayStation Plus, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I've I got played it for like five minutes and turned it off. Yeah, I just it's just not for me. I I would play Twisted Metal if they if they revive that, I'd give it a go. Yeah, I mean, I think Lucid could make a good Twisted Metal game. They just got to make sure that people stay in cars, and it's got to maintain that dark... I want a dark tone like Twisted Metal Black. I can't... I don't want it to go back and revert to, you know, something super goofy. I mean, the, the series was always darker, but it definitely got darker in Twisted Metal Black, and I, that's the tone I want for the new game. Do you still stand by Black being your favorite Absolutely. Twisted Metal game? And I know you, I know you what, had issues with... Two the, was your second favorite? Twisted Metal 2. Was your second, yeah. right? And, and you know, I had I, part of my, I mean, I think Twisted Metal 2 is by and large regarded one of the best games in the series. I think that part of my love for that game is that 
I was playing it in middle school with friends. So I, you know, by the time Twisted Metal 4 came out, I wasn't playing that or even Twisted Metal 3 with those same friends or my stepbrother. It was just a game that I would play by myself. So I think the part of my love for Twisted Metal 2 is the fact that I played with my stepbrother and our friend up the street. So we all played together. So there is some kind of nostalgia tied to that game in particular that I oh, didn't yeah. get from other games that early in the series. But I, I stand by my statement that 4 Soft. is one of the most underrated video games of all time. And if, if you love that game, you should not balk at it. You should not let people talk shit. Stand stand by that choice and, you know, let people know about it's it. Yeah. And that's, that's why I would love to see, you know, even if they <laughs> dug up the old uh, Cretan Rob Zombie and got him involved with the soundtrack. I mean, I would support that. That's That's what I want is, like you said, the old, dark, twisted metal, everything that made it what it was. You can't you can't turn this into some soft-hearted side mission flip-floppy nonsense. We need a tw- true Twisted Metal game. And right. from the darkness of Twisted Metal to the darkness of China's control over everything in their country. Alright, stop, stop. Let me host <laughs> Dude, that the is, show. That is, okay, that is completely oh. fair because we know how much the Chinese government likes to control shit. Okay, but we're not going into that right now. We're going into this. Time to check my Stop trying to host a show. Uh, we only have one question, and it comes from Rick. Uh, I'm not going to have an answer for this because I don't deal with this stuff. But seeing as it is Halloween month, let's hear your top five horror movies and top five horror games. To make more interesting, you could only name one from any particular series. I'll let the rest of you guys go first since this is my main this is my thing. So, uh, Al- well, I guess it's Mark. It's Mark is is horror also your favorite, yeah. or is RPGs? Um, RPGs more, but I do like horror games. I've got mine wrote down. I saw the question before, so if you want me to go first, because I've got literally yeah, because I I, sure, don't, I don't know. Mine, if mine's the is. opposite. It's horror number one, and then RPG number two. So you're RPG then horror, yeah. but yeah, you go first, and uh, let's see what okay. you got. Movies, um, The Shining. Love The Shining. Can't go wrong with The Shining. Night of the Living Dead, because Night of the Living Dead more or less gave us Resident Evil, pretty much. And the original Halloween, because it's just amazing. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, because it terrified me. Um, And The Blair Witch Project, which I thought was was quite amazing, really, at the time. That sort of film, the found footage film, it created its own subgenre of films, really. And games-wise, Alan Wake, because you're an idiot if you don't buy Alan Wake, Wake and play it. Just an idiot. I feel like that's a personal shot towards me. It is 100% directed towards you, and that'll come a bit later as well. Resident Evil 2. Yeah, we'll discuss this later. Res- yeah, we will discuss Resident it later. Resident Evil 2. I weren't sure which Resident Evil to put in there, and it was sort of a toss-up between the Resident Evil remake the, of the original one for the GameCube, which was really amazing. 7 was very scary, but 2 is just a game that I, that I love. Um, Silent Hill 2, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and Until Dawn, which is, I, I can't think of a much better sort of Halloween-y type game to play. Alright, Alex? Alright, so movie-wise, I'm not sure, I mean, they all fall under the horror genre, but I don't know if uh, we would count all of these as, as Halloween movies, but Night Before Christmas, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, I love that movie. Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci, Jaws, which is the game, the movie. I don't really know if if it uh, if people would count it as a as a it's a horror movie. It's probably the best horror movie of all time, but it's uh, I don't know if it's really Halloweeny. 
Dawn of the Dead, the remake, I loved uh, from the early 2000s. I love that movie. The Exorcist, scariest movie of all time. And then uh, Scream, the original Scream. That is uh, a tried and true horror classic that still is the best movie in that series. And the Scream series is, you know, well, Scream 1 and Scream 2 are pretty good. The rest, 3 and, and 4, are not are not particularly great. But, uh, yeah, so I'd say six movies there, but whether you count Jaws, I'm not really sure. So I'll, I'll throw Scream in there as an extra. And then video games, I will second Mark on uh, Symphony of the Night and Until Dawn. And then, Mark, did you mention Dead Space? No, because I've not played Dead Space. I'm waiting for the reboot, remake. Dead Space is, is definitely on. It'll be on your list when you play it, trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I honestly couldn't really think of any other spooky Halloween games off the top of my head, so I'm just going to have to end it there until I can. Uh, I'll add some if I think of any along the way. All right, Levi. Finish this off. I'll dive right in. The Shining is the greatest horror movie ever made. Um, I'm not even going to say there's a close second. Shining is number one. The rest of these are in any given order. We've got The Alien. I've got The Thing. I've got Demon Seed and Misery. And uh, I actually had six. I had to cut one. The Exorcist is what got cut. As far as also um, a, a honorable mention to Psycho. Video games. Daryl Ellisor, you are a cultureless swine, alien, isolation. Top tier. Dead Space. Resident Evil 7. Now, as far as Resident Evil goes, 7, the original 2, and 4 are all really close to me. They are all three near and dear to my heart. That's the top tier of Resident Evil. But uh, we had to pick one, and actually only one made my top 5, and it is 7. Uh, another dramatically overlooked horror game is Outlast. If you have not played Outlast, I insist. I'll leave it at that. And rounding it off is Silent Hill 2. Now a lot of people are going to ask, no Alan Wake, no Alan Wake. I actually had seven. I had to cut two. And I cut Alan Wake and I cut Bioshock. Here's why. Alan Wake is technically an action-adventure. Bioshock is technically an FPS. So that's how I narrowed 7 down to 5. All right, well, here, I've got my actual... I can round out my game selection here for Rick, since I did do my, my research earlier. Go ahead. Uh, so the games I said before were Dead Space, Until Dawn, and Symphony of the Night. To that list, I would add Bioshock, because I think that stepping out of... Um, those first steps you take in Bioshock into Rapture, hearing the sounds of the splicers and the scraping, it's it's, it's terrifying. So, uh, as Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite, I think, is the best game in that series, but as far as the horror elements and the tension, there's two different types of, of scares in those games. There's two different types of tension in Infinite and in the original Bioshock, but I think the original Bioshock is a game you definitely could play through October and for the Halloween month, because I think it's a definitely a, a scary, tense, and spooky game. And then Left for Dead. Talk about tension and spookiness in a game. My God, it's it, that game is terrifying. Uh, as I do want to add a game that I wish I had played. Uh, it was for the GameCube, Eternal Darkness. I never played Eternal Darkness, but I always heard really good things about that game, and that was a spooky game that I wish I had played that I never did. So I'll throw out a, as an extra a, a game I wish I had played. <laughs> nice. All right, and the reason I'm not giving any answers is I've never really played the horror games. I mean, I have the Platinum until Dawn. I've seen Misery. Uh, I've seen horror movies. I just—it's just not my cup of tea. So I, I, that's why I don't want to give answers because I don't want to disrespect your question. All right, 
Alex has alluded to this many, 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 many times already. Hold on, Tricky. There's two community questions. Uh, so we have another question, but it's not to the crew. It's to our guest, Levi. Uh, Levi Sid, and just for the reference, I don't want this to turn into a big debate. Uh, Levi said he has a an answer, and it's that's where we're going to leave it. We're not going to have a big discussion about this otherwise, you know, because that's not what this show is about. Uh, Sid has says, question for Levi. In the podcast, you said you like hunting, foraging, and nature. How so when hunting is killing nature? Help me understand, because the way I see it, how can you like it when you enjoy killing it? And there, and they, hold on, before you go, Levi, there were a lot of comments to this. Uh, tons. And, but I'm not going to read the comments because this question was for Levi. That's where we're going to leave it. So, Levi, you, you have the floor, sir. Well, and, and I will mention one comment. In the comments later on, Sid did say that both he does eat meat and also even though he considers, you know, killing of plants, killing of nature, he also, of course, he has to survive. He has to eat plants too. So he does consume both of these. Um, I'm not saying this to, to call him a hypocrite. I don't, don't misinterpret me. I'm saying this so he'll understand where I'm coming from. But I'm going to give you a quick background. Where this started, when I turned 18 years old, I went on a big gun kick. You know, I, everything guns. It's all that building guns for friends, basic gunsmithing. You know, I was at the range all the time. And, you know, I was just a little self-proclaimed wannabe expert on firearms. And I came to the realization, you know, through, you know, I got into survival and all that. You know, the typical gun guy, he gets into the survival and the prepping and all that. But... I ran across a few hunters, and uh, they kind of shrugged me off, and I was like, you ain't nothing but a paper puncher. And you know what? It defended me at the time, but I, I come to realize they were right. I was nothing more, and all I knew to do with a firearm was punch holes in paper. So as, as a good survivalist, I, I wanted to teach myself to hunt game. And that, that is kind of where it started. My first time, I went out in the woods and this is this was only five or six years ago actually but when i got out there it's just like i felt just something in my veins something from you know my ancestors that you know that had been passed like the human body the human man was meant to do this and it had been deprived i was depriving myself all these years i just fell in love but at the same time I get to reading and watching a lot of these documentaries where it makes, you know, the compelling argument of the the beef that a Sid would eat from the store. And you compare, we'll call it Sid's beef, we'll compare that to Levi's free-range deer. You look at the life that that beef cattle lives in corporate farming these days. This This cow wakes up to a course of antibiotics, steroids, hormones, dopamine control. It is basically a zombie. Um, it lives a life of misery. And then it is slaughtered and, and fed to you. Um, not only is its, its life unethical the way it's raised, but the meat you're eating is, is polluted with contaminants. You compare that to the deer that I will go out and harvest. That deer has lived an enjoyable life. I do not take any young deers. I will only harvest a four and a half year old or older animal. Um, if they, 
free-range animal, it, it's lived a wonderful life. And I kill it in the most ethical way imaginable. And, you know, ultimately, to answer your question, how can I justify being a lover of nature and, and kill it? And and lover of nature, yes, I love foraging, fishing, hunting, anything I can eat off the land. Y'all see my Facebook posts. That's actually my main hobby. Gaming is number two. How can I justify loving it while killing it? Here is the ultimate answer to the question. You have to manage a herd. If deer were not managed properly, they would not be healthy. Um, they they would die. They would they would lose their habitat to corporations. You know, as it stands now, you know, us hunters and and the hunting organizations. We fight left and right to keep land public for hunting, to preserve national forests. All of that is because of hunters and, and the, the licensing fees we pay, the money we spend when I go out and buy a box of ammunition. 10% of that is a tax that goes specifically to conservation efforts of nature. Uh, hunters are by far, number one, is most important people in the world for preserving nature so you know same same with with the deer population you you've got two extremes your one extreme is a country that does not manage their deer they do not kill deer what happens in that situation is you wind up with these skinny wormy little unhealthy deer because there's too many animals competing for that limited resource you thin that herd you have a stronger herd the other is when you overhunt, when you roll back to the late 1800s, early 1900s in the USA. Deer was nearly hunted to extinction. And we had to dial that back. And in every scenario, the people, it's all of the government did it, the people that actually preserved this nature and preserved these animals were hunters. So that's, that's the, the ultimate answer, even though, you know, the, the ethics of harvesting free range even even though that's near and dear to my heart that's the ultimate answer to your question is to preserve that herd you have to manage it tricky mick thought i was going to take a lot longer so he is still not stepped back so i'm just going to pass it to you alex i don't want to drone about this this isn't what the show's about but i hope i've answered your question and if either of you have any questions go ahead and Go ahead and ask. No, I mean, I, I think that you answered the question um, pretty – you were very thorough and explained your point. And like Tricky said, he didn't want this to turn into a debate. And um, I think you you understood – you made your point of view understood very well. And I think that you made some good points. And uh, I, you know, I, I don't have any further questions. And I think pro- hopefully that is, you know, answers any questions Sid would have. Um, yeah. Um, very good. Yeah, I mean – since Tricky's away, he's he's getting dinner ready for Sweet Mama D. Let's uh let's just jump into Bela Jit because I don't know if you saw Levi, but Yield did post his uh I did I his get numbers it. on Facebook. So let's go ahead and do the Be Legit before we get our topic of the week, and then uh, very good wrap up with your all's and challenge. Yield is um Yield is actually incorrect. Watch dogs at the beginning of the year. He's the second person that has complained. But they actually missed it. Watch dogs at the beginning of the year was two points. See, 
howlongtobeat.com, which Be Legit uses as their website, the times will vary. You know, it's a running, you know, I beat a game, I can go in there and log my time. So even games that's been out several years, it might teeter-totter back and forth between 19 and 20. Well, the first time it was claimed at the beginning of the year is what we use. So if it's if it's 20 points and it drops to 19, the person that beats it when it's not, they still get the full two points. So yield, you get two points for Watchdog. We're, you, you can't have, I think it was Gareth Davis, get two points and you only get one. So that's two points and it actually means Be Legit broke a record. So um, as you know, we, we've got several records for Be Legit. We've got the the aggregate score of everybody combined we keep track of that as a record the individual score whoever scored the most and then then also you've got a few group records the biggest one being um the most people in one month to score five points or higher and that is the record that we just beat so and coincidentally enough the record was held actually in february and the five it was five people the five people that had the record a lot of the heavy hitters not a single one of them were part of the six today i'm not trying to throw like i'm not throwing rick used to be known as ponder stebbins and apologies if i've used that name recently it's rick waldron now i'm not taking a shot at rick yes it's his worst month he only scored three points i'm not he's he's still the king my point being is even when he had you know a, a, a slower month we still broke records. This is the best month we've had in six months. We dropped 42 points. We absolutely killed it this month. So, Rick, even though you slacked off a little, we got your back, buddy. We, we kept this train going for you, and we're excited to see you post another 10 points next month. You're the man. But So the new record is held by, of course, Yield. Got five. We got uh, James McCall, six. Myself, five, Mark Duplex has joined the race, and he has got six points in his first month. That's an amazing month. And we got Matthew Malden with five, and then we've got Homer Gets Duff with five. So that is that is amazing to see six people with five or more points in a, in a month. That's a heck of a month. 42 overall. This is the best month we have seen in six months, and it's actually with less people. So even back in February, we only had 45 points, and that was with like three more people in the group. So great month, be legit. Uh, we saw a little bit of a slacking off there around July, August, uh, but we're we're back on fire. We said we don't even have Gareth Davis score in here yet. I haven't heard from him, so might even be higher. But yes, an amazing month. And not only that, we saw some amazing games, a lot of diversity in games, stuff from all around the board. Uh, just a just a wonderful month for Be Legit. All right, uh, everything caught up. Yeah, we're good. We get, yes, just sir. got the topic of the week. All right, so let's get into our topic of the week. I'm going to preface this by saying that a lot of things I'm about to say is written in the article. It's not uh, coming out of my mouth. Uh, this report is coming from the Boston Herald. And uh, it's the author is the Associated Press. Uh, now, I think it's important to talk about this because I think this is going to impact, uh, could be impacting uh, the Western 
uh, market of video games, but uh, I thought it would be a good conversation piece for the four of us. Uh, it says China is to ban video games promoting effeminate males, gay relationships. Um, so now I'm going to read the article, uh, as you know, Alex hates me to do, but he did last week. So, <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, don't China do it all the time. Get let pe- yeah. make people go to these articles and read something. <clears throat> yes, go give this article a click. Uh, it's, the article says China will reportedly ban video games that don't promote quote correct values end quote and quote accurate understanding quote of the country's history and culture. A leaked internal document shows. This includes a ban on any patrol of effeminate males, the promotion of same-sex relationships, and the showing of characters who have, quote, no clear gender, end quote. The deleted document comes from a recent training session organized by China's state-backed gaming association. It addresses Beijing's new plans to regulate the industry while advising game developers on how to produce content that can be approved for sale in the future. This document was reviewed by the South China Morning Post and confirmed by several people familiar with the situation. According to the memo, which was developed to help video game makers understand China's new approach to future releases, developers are instructed to treat video game as a new form of art, one that's no longer apolitical, quote, pure entertainment, end quote. Uh, goes on to quote, if regulars can't tell the, gen- the character's gender immediately, the setting of the characters could be considered problematic and red flags will be raised, end quote, the memo says. Similarly, male game characters who wear female clothing could also pose a problem for regulators. The crackdown on video game industry beyond- goes beyond social issues related to gender identity or sexual orientation, according to the memo. Beijing says that the game plot's shouldn't, quote, have blurred moral boundaries, end quote, and players shouldn't be given a choice of being good or evil. Games that distort the facts or deliberately provoke controversy will also receive scrutiny from regulators. And this rest of the article did not uh, load. Hold on. I'm refreshing now. Uh... While you're refreshing, let me ask you to confirm one thing. Are you saying that the games can't be produced in China or they can't even be sold in China or both? Uh, it, it it goes by... It, okay, uh, I just refreshed the article and apparently that's the end of the article. Um, okay, so according to the headline, it says China is to ban video games promoting. Now, I don't know if that means they can't make the games, but to me, just from what I've read... It sounds like China is not going to allow the sale of these games. So The Last of Us Part 2 cannot be sold in China, period. Cor- they, it's removed from the market. Correct. Is, is what they're saying. Correct. And that's, that, a, that's a big, bold, foolish statement right there. Right. And that that's why I thought, you know, we I try not to get political on the show. I mean, we have. I tried very hard not to get political. But this, and you brought up a, a very good point. Games like The Last of Us could not be sold in China. So if China oh. goes along with this uh, and this becomes reality, you're losing a big, big market. Because already, I mean, Microsoft already Huge. does not sell well in Japan and China. You add this on top of it, it's going to make it worse. So now I'm going to open up the four. I mean... I, I know how some pe- people's political feelings are. Levi, uh, Alex, and myself, we're from the States. Mark, you're from across the pond. 
Uh, so, you know, your <clears throat> politics over there are a little different from ours, but everybody knows that, you know, if you follow the news and CNN and Fox News or whatever you watch, you know, these, these points are very, very, very controversial. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to go on to the political side of this. I just want to talk about we know how China uh, is, quote, unquote, a bunch of assholes and the way they do things. But this could impact the entire video game industry, and I thought that was a good conversation piece. So, Mark, let's start with you. How do you feel about what I've just read, and do you think it's going to impact the video game industry as a whole? I don't know. I don't know the numbers of what Xbox sells or what PlayStation sells or what Nintendo sells in China. I didn't think they were that high in comparison to Japan, America, and, and sort of Europe. I didn't think that the chat. Yeah, China's mostly that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mo- MOBAs are yeah, big in right. China, yeah. but. I don't suspect that a lot of Sony's like God of Wars or yeah. Last of Us or Uncharted, those type of games are not going to be huge hits or even China's not the market for those games. Yeah, that, that's why I, I think it, I think it's just culturally totally different to, to to what we're used to. My opinion of it is is going to be exactly the same as yours, whether I'm on this side of the pond or on your side of the pond. It, it just sounds farcical, but but. If this is what the Chinese people want to vote on and pass, and that that's the way they want their country to be, then then that's on them. They don't get to play the same I, games. I don't think we, the Chinese we, people actually have much say in yeah, that. No, it's the I, Chinese I, government. I, I'd agree. I'd agree. But I mean, I'd, it's it's difficult to sort of have a big opinion because China's sort of this this place where you don't really understand much of what's actually going on in that country or, or what the thoughts of the people in that country are. So. It's it's hard to have any real opinion because it it, it it's, it's stupid. It, that that's the there you go. There's my opinion of it. I can't. It's farcical. In, but yeah, I I, I I I can't say much more. I, I just googled okay, quickly and- how much she sold. PlayStation Four sold three point five million units in China. I don't think it's as big a hit as we'd probably expect it to be in terms of those game sales, but. It, it's very, it's a very dark approach by the Chinese government. Like Alex said, it won't be the Chinese people. I'm sure if it was put to a public vote, it'd be very different. But it's very, it's a very dark stance to take. See, I, I don't. It's all. I don't think. Hold, 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 Alex, hold on one second. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. I also want to point out China just recently changed their rules on video games uh, for people under 18. Uh, China's rule, which went went into effect on September 1st bans people under the age of 18 from playing online video games during the school week and only allows for one hour a day on Fridays, weekends, and holidays. So, uh, historically, as you said, Microsoft has not had much of a foothold uh, in China and Japan. And the three biggest markets, video game-wise, are Europe, uh, the Americas, and then Japan. Sony and Nintendo... They do really well in all those markets. Microsoft, obviously, they are competitive, so they do well enough to compete with Sony and Nintendo. So those are the three major markets. All three of the the, the, the platform holders do well in those markets. At least, you know, maybe some better than, in some markets than others, but they all do well worldwide with what they, they have to offer gamers. I don't think China is a, is a huge market. Yes, there are a lot of people in China, and yes, it is a, an economy that has developed this huge middle class over you know the last 20 or 30 years but i don't think as far as what the games that are targeting the audiences in the west and then in japan 
I don't think that Sony's strategy or Nintendo strategy or Microsoft strategy is going to change based on this from China because China has been so strict historically with everything regarding entertainment. I mean, you talked about the limits they have for people under 18 on video games. I don't think that's ever been a huge part of the platform holder strategies. They've never relied on significant or steady business from China because it, it just it just has never been there. And most of their money has come from outside that market. So you just look at China and look at the stuff they're doing. You just like, wow, that's fucked up. Man, that's a stupid decision. But, you know, we have enjoyed freedoms that the people of China, the way their country is set up, have not. So, you know, it obviously looks stupid to us because we know what it looks like on the other side. But again, I don't think this is going to affect the game plan of the platform holders. And I don't, in the end, think it's going to affect their sales either. All right, Levi. And I'm not getting political. But in history, blatant authoritarianism and prejudice, large scale from governments, has never shown much reason. It has never had any any positive benefits. All I see is, is negativity from this. And you guys have made some good comments that it might not affect us, you know, so bad they, you know, they... They're mostly in the little handheld um, pay-per-play games, whatever those things are called. But you also have to look at the big players like Tencent, which Chinese-owned operate out of China. And they they have their hands in some big stuff. You know, specifically, one that comes to my mind is Epic Games. They are the largest single shareholder of Epic Games now. I think they own 49% of Epic you know, and that's that's your Fortnite. I mean, how's it going to affect, you know, uh, Tencent? How's it going to affect Epic? And and not just there's there's several other fairly major video game developers that they are the major, the primary shareholder of. I mean, it's more than you would think. Tencent's huge, uh, but not just Tencent. Just in general, it's it's going to affect us. Um, how bad? I don't know. Is is the last of us you know is is naughty dog gonna say oh no no last of us three now because it's not allowed in china no, obviously not we'll still get the rest of these games but it it's it's gonna it's gonna affect us and that's I, anything further on this topic i would uh, i would have to get political and um so i'll, I'll just i'm just I just hate seeing things like this you know, blatant authoritarianism. I mean, and I'm me. I'm I'm the epitome of of the uh, you know, traditional family. That's that's me. Um, but I'm even more so the the, the epitome of, of freedom. And this is absurd. And I'm going to just hang it up at that. All right. Uh, yeah. I I I think this is going to affect us. I think this is going to change the. Uh, the mindset of people making video games because while China may not be that big of a market for video games, it's still a market for video games. And if they, if writers and developers are going to have to come into play and actively think about what, what to put in their games and whether or not it's going to be able to be sold in Japan or uh, China, is going to come into play because right now we've already kind of seen this happen with certain video games being banned in Australia. Okay, let me, uh, let me use that as a counterpoint because you, you've seen some violent video games being 
uh, prevented from being sold in certain areas of the world, has it ever stopped violent video games from being made? No, but they but developers have had to go back and readjust the game yeah, to be but sold. But it's readjusted that for that specific market and not for the global picture. Yeah, but Alex, this is one sixth of the world's population we're talking about here. Yeah, and, and, and as my, Mark said, and how many? Is, what percentage of the PlayStation Three Four sales? Okay, but what I'm what the point I'm trying to make is that, as you just pointed out, like certain games couldn't be sold in certain markets, so they had to go back and adjust that game for that market. What if this turns into a well? We're not going to want to have to go back and readjust. Let's just make it this way from the beginning. No, they're just not going to sell in China. I, Alex, I think you're missing. You know, I I I see what you're saying on the sell side, but you're also missing the development side. This obviously means that the big Tencents of the world, they're not going to be able to develop that type of game in China anymore. So it's it's less about the demand side and more about the supply side is what I see. I'm just, I'm just reading a list now of games that are developed in China, and, and, and these developers in China need to be more worried about than anyone else because while they're producing games right. of schoolgirls constantly, maybe they should look in, in their yeah. country at the games being developed by them rather than looking at games that are being developed elsewhere. Control your own side, control your own place and and keep and get that in line before you go looking elsewhere. I don't think it'll affect the type of games we get. I think you might see some games go over there and be heavily um, censored or not available whatsoever. And maybe that will change people's sort of approach to, okay, should we write this game? But ultimately, if The Last of Us 2 only sold 10,000 copies in China, is Naughty Dog going to make that much amends? I mean, they got as much grief from Europe and America anyway about the the story that they were telling. So I I can't see it making a huge difference, but, but who knows? Who knows? See, I, I, I'm... I'm on the, the the same path as you guys that this really shouldn't affect, but I I I worry that it is going to affect because with how much it's how much it's costing developers to make these games, are they going to want to put the time and resources to have to adjust to each market, or are they just going to say, "Boom, this is what we're going to do," and I, it's kind of related but not related to the, also the same fact of you know developers that are making games for you know, different generations of consoles. You know, if you if your game's coming out and you're like, okay, well, we have to put out a PS5 game, but we also have to support the PlayStation 4, it's, it's long been said that we're going to make the game for the PS4 and then upscale it to the PlayStation 5. That's the way the game is going to be made. That's my feeling is where it comes to these developers. They're going to turn around and say, well, if we can't put a Ellie in The Last of Us, well, now we're going to have to come up with a new character for The Last of Us so our game can be sold in China. So look, look at it this way. You're never going to make China happy, the Chinese government. I'm with Tricky on this. You're never going to make the Chinese government happy. So what do you stand to lose? More from, you know, scaling back inclusiveness in video games and pissing off Western markets, like people in Europe, people in Japan, people in the United States. You, and you mean Eastern markets. What's that? You mean Eastern markets? You well, said Western. Eastern and Western. Are you going okay. to? Are you? Are you by kind of scaling back what you put in video games? You're more likely going to piss off people in the U.S., Europe, and Japan, your biggest markets, and do nothing in China because you're never going to make China happy. So they're just going to continue to make games for their key markets, and whatever else sells in China will sell in China, and I don't think they'll care because 
they have been dealing with restrictions. Again, I don't disagree, but you're talking about sales. To me, it's not a sales issue. I agree with you 100. percent Does it? Does anyone know? I think we. I think we all agree with you on does, that point. It's. It's not a. The issue is supply. Does side. anyone know, just off, off the top of your head, how many how many The Last of Us two sold in China? Just a guess, tricker. I have a guess. I can. I can. Look no, half don't, half look, it don't look it up. Don't look it up. Oh, guess. don't look it up. You don't want me oh, to look I, it up. I don't even. I don't. He already knows. He's asking for get my oh. guess is half a million. Uh, I would actually say probably two hundred fifty thousand. Never, re- never released there. They've no. already not. They, they didn't release it. So that's from Gabe. So last time never released in China. Never released these articles online from twenty twenty. This one's from the Game Revolution by Robert N. Adams, and they released a Last of Us credit card, but the game's never been launched for release, and it was pulled from their version of eBay as well, so they couldn't even buy it off eBay. So that's already happening. So this it, is this yeah. has already been happening. This has already and been it's hurting. not it's not impacted. You know, it's already us. been happening. We're still getting the same types of stories and the same types of games, so the impact hasn't happened as of yet. Could it happen? Yeah. Will it? Probably not, because the market probably isn't there anyway for those type of games. But look, look at this way: I watched um, as a Pokemon Go player. Like I watched Pokemon Go YouTubers, and one of them was in China traveling on the way to some event, and they opened the game. They got zero spawns for Pokemon yeah, Go I in China. That. You could not even play Pokemon Go in China. So, that, again, that's my point. You're never going to make the Chinese government happy. So you're never going to be buddy-buddy with the Chinese government. So why try to appease them? Sell what you can there and focus on your key markets. Because who gives a shit about selling to China? It is a, it is a black and spot. I, it's a black spot for these type of things. I don't think... I think if you... It, that's just a, a, a one example, Last of Us 2. I bet if you search any of the games that they would find controversial, I bet they've never even bothered releasing it in, in, in China. And they, ne- they never will. All right, I, I just looked up uh, what Mark was saying about The Last of Us uh, being, uh, I, according to Reddit, now, you know, I don't know if Reddit's the best source of information, but it says that The Last of Us wasn't pulled off the market because of violent sexual or, or political sense of content. It was pulled because a lot of people were asking for refunds of the game, and that's why they pulled it off. But I did read down here, it says that, and this surprised me, Animal Crossing was banned in China for political reasons. Yeah, you're never going to make China happy. No, because in Animal Crossing, you can create your own um, pictures, your own T-shirts and things like that. So that, that will represent something that they don't like. Plus, Trick, if, you, if you've ever played Animal Crossing, tell me what gender the animals are. So again, it breaks their rules. It's like, it's like if they picked up, it, or if Spyro was being sold. We know Spyro is a boy, but they don't. Who's to say what gender that dragon is? So is that allowed to be sold in China? It, 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 it's a it's a it's beyond stupid. Like as well as dressing a male character up as a woman, the male character I'm playing in Dark Souls has a dress on now. So so you can't play Dark Souls in China. It, it's it's stupid. It's stupid. But a lot of these games, I, I think, have got the smallest of markets over there anyway. The very smallest market. And these big Chinese companies, the second it hits their financials, the, 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 it will all change. <sighs> all right. So that is... Unless somebody has... Oh, we have something else. Somebody else. Oh. Do we? Oh. Oh, we do. Go on, Levi. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You want me to Go run with it, uh, Mark? Well, me and Mark, we got to talking there the other day, and oh wait, wait is we this said, the you know, is this the challenge? 
Yeah, and we said, you know, Tricky Mickey's what a schmuck. Oh, you know, this oh, Joker, I... he's always talking about how terrible Alan Wake is, and he's never even played the game. So we put our minds together, he and I. I think it was Mark's suggestion. He said, how about we play on the man's heartstrings? We are going to challenge Tricky Mick to beat, play, and finish Alan Wake in the next 12 months, and it is an extra life stream. We both commit to donating, and I've been underground for the past week. I've got a lot of people who would donate. So Tricky Mick, if you want to hit your extra life goal, if if you want to uh, take care of the children, you've got to meet the challenge. You will play Alan Wake. You know, that's dirty. That, that is very dirty. False, false. You know that I will... <laughs> You know that I will do anything for the kids. <laughs> this is that's that's dirty. Mark, hey, Mark ain't a dummy. Uh, all's fair in <laughs> trophy hunting and challenges. All right, so let me double. Let me, let let me counter your challenge. I'm not playing that stupid. I, no, there's no, yeah. there is no uh, negotiation. No, there's no. no room for negotiation. No. You either meet mine and Mark's challenge, or you fail the children of the world. Oh, oh, you got to hear me out. I heard you out. Now you got to hear me out. If I play the game, you guys are all planning to donate to my extra life page, correct? Mm-hmm. If yeah, yes. you got to beat it. Okay. Yeah, you got to beat it. Now, we're not going to sign in like five minutes in and throw down a bunch of bucks. No, we're going to wait till you're near the end and then we're going to rein it in, but we're going to pour it on you. Okay. So you here's, you have to you have you you have to do it if if you if you get the donations and then quit then you haven't failed the children you failed us you failed your supporters your community you have failed me and dear Mark. Okay, so here's my counter. I will do it. I will accept your challenge, but if I get the platinum before the end of the year, you and Mark, nobody else. Have to double your donations. <laughs> done. Done. Light no question. Work. Okay. No question. So, so but I'm going to put it. Actually, that was that was JT's suggestion. JT actually said, um, I think he said, I will, I will double my, or I will, I didn't say double, he said, I will donate more if he platinums it i i he, I, he I actually know. asked me to add that as a content as a like a second part i forgot to do that but so yes um jt's already suggested that wants to do that and i'm sure the rest of the community will agree jt might double his but yes me and mark we will double it all right well i'm, I'm not backing out of the challenges I, I will honor the challenge but i cannot be on the official extra life day because i already have the trophy war plan with daryl that's fine. It's just it has to be an extra life stream. Um, you have to let us know when you're signing on. We want to watch you. We, me and Mark, we want to watch you fall in love. See, Mark's prediction is you will fall in love, and this will be what you say is in his top yeah. ten. Well, I said I actually backed your tricky. I said tricky's actually a proper gamer. He does play crap, 
99 percent of the time but he so, i do i do yeah. play crap so, sometimes he plays proper games and i actually said he does like story driven games as well um one little thing though tricky for the platinum um it does have a hard mode so good luck ah that's easy that's light work we'll see. that's light work but yeah. it all has to be done on extra yeah. well I, I i won't say on stream i let's let's say just beating the game he has to stream um, I know getting a trophy can be kind of grindy. I'm not. I don't think we should make him stream all no, of the not trophy all the tro- stuff. What, yeah, or no, what do you not think? All the trophies. Yeah. If he just streams playing it, the story it records the streams. Anyone can go back right. and watch him. Uh, admit, admit that he right. was wrong, um, but potentially admit that he's right. a loser and and just say that Mark yeah, and Levi are definitely like right um, and he was wrong. Yes, uh, Mark and Levi are my heroes. Th- you know things like that. Hold on. Yeah, you stream the the eight hours or whatever it takes to beat that game. Let us see you fall in love um, and just jump on the, the Remedy bandwagon and then go play Quantum Break and just just um, just let it change your life forever. Can you can you guys see Skype right now? Yep. Look at just yes. Hope you pre-ordered it nice. If anything, if anything, Tricky, we're doing you a favor, and Alex will agree with that. We're doing you a huge favor. Yeah. Okay. This, this will be the, one of the biggest favors in regards to gaming anyone has ever All right, done for so you in now, your entire life, and it also helps the children. All right, so now, what if I play this game, and I legit think it's still shitty? Then we will legit... Uh, think less of you as a man, less of you as a human being. Actually, actually, no, because we think less of you for bashing it with never playing it. We will still, we will think a little more highly of you. All right, let's wrap the show. Hashtag for the kids. Uh, let's do some shout-outs. Alice, start us off with your shout-out, sir. Give a shout-out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horrors. Give a shout-out to a question from Rick this week. Shout-out to Sid for his question to Levi. Uh, and yeah, you guys are the ones, the community is the, the, the people that keep the, the show going. We wouldn't still do this without you guys. We we're, I mean, we're approaching 500 and that's all because of you guys. So thank you for your continued support of the show. Uh, you guys are amazing. Shout out to Tricky for joining us this week. He's been off for a couple weeks, but it's been, it's been a hard couple weeks for Tricky as you can tell by the number of games he's played. So give a shout out to Tricky for coming on and taking over hosting for me. Shout out to Mark and to Levi for coming on. Thanks for joining us, fellas. Hey, we're always glad to be right. here. And last but not least, I'm give a shout out to my loving and awesome girlfriend, Ashley. I love you, honey. And, uh, yeah, it is a rainy, shitty night here in Louisville, Kentucky. And, uh, gonna go watch some horror movies because it's the, or a horror show. Gonna go watch Midnight Mass on Netflix because it's the perfect night to watch been, Midnight Mass on I've Netflix. been watching Midnight Mass. I'm up to episode five. Yeah, we're on episode four. It's good. It's really good. Spooky. Definitely. All right, Mark, your shout out. Um, shout out my mom, because it's my mom. Yeah, um, Mama Duplex. Uh, shout out you guys um, and the listeners. And a shout out to Sakura Swim Club for being Tricky's Game of the Year. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Levi, your shout out, sir. Shout out to Remedy for, for giving us this amazing remaster. Shout out to the children that Tricky <laughs> are going to be supporting. 
shout out to the future Tricky Mick, who will be a more cultured and enlightened and, and knowledgeable man, just a, just a more savory and wholesome sorts all, all together. Future Tricky Mick, here's to you. And to uh, all the the competitors of the Be Legit and everyone in the groups. And uh, Mark, as always, it's wonderful recording with you. And same goes with you, Alex, and you, Tricky. Well, Tricky, you're yeah, you're okay to record with. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout-out to Sweet Mama D. Shout-out to Alex uh, and Yield, who... Uh, know what's going on with me and have been very supportive so i I greatly appreciate it uh i may or may not be around for the next couple weeks um i know we have episode 500 coming up i know that's very important uh but unfortunately i may not be available to record that um if that happens of course we'll keep you updated on the socials and whatnot uh so uh, with all that being said, I want to thank the listeners. Shout out to Mark and Levi uh, for being on the show. Uh, a big fuck you to both of you for, you know, doing me dirty right now. You're welcome. Um, Mark's already responded to my post on Facebook. Uh, uh, so if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. Peace. Later, guys. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.